everyone, and welcome to the One One BJ Ryan here, episode one hundred and four. Proudly sponsored by Betfair. Don't bet harder, bet smarter. At Betfair, we are back in One One HQ, and I am once again alongside the Perth Racing Guru. Good day, Terry. Good uh, morning, afternoon, BJ. How are you? Bit of drama this morning. Ah, oh, bit of bit of drama. There's a yeah. bit happening. Bit happening. Yeah, poor old Spotty obviously decided to. Uh, Eight things he shouldn't have been eating. He's the, a uh, one one mascot. mascot. Yeah, one the pinup boy. Yeah, well, Big Deep's the pinup boy. He'd be the second pinup boy, the pinup dog. Mm. Um, no, he's had a better crook gut for a little while, and he's just um, he's uh, spewed up and he's vomited some socks. So I dare say Spotty's been uh, eating things he shouldn't have been, as a lot of golden retrievers do. I think they call it garbage gut. So um, yeah, he's just up at the vet. But um, it meant that you had to tackle the uh, interview by yourself. Yes, yeah, I spoke to Brad Willer. So there's a pre-recorded interview with uh, myself and Brad. Um, very atta- flat I missed that as attached well. Attached to the show. Night. So I was very much looking forward to that one. But uh, uh, No, it was good. I, I, uh, I initially told Brad that we were going to chat for 15 minutes because he had to get – I think he might have had to sweat a little bit before he made it to Northam today, but I managed to get half an hour out of him. But uh, So, uh, no, very enjoyable. Uh, he's had an amazing career. And this sad day, he's going to be looking for 26th. Group one victory, mm. not many hoops in, uh, yeah, you can say that really. And How uh, many with Bart? Uh, good question. I know he, he won a Caulfield Cup for Bart Cummings, mm-hmm. that one viewed, is that right? Um, oh, I meant, sorry, I meant on Black Oh, Hard, Bart, Black Bart. Hard Bart. How many on, with Black, uh, on Black Hard Bart? Six group ones. Six group ones. Yeah, seven Jeez. and seven group ones on, on weekend hustle. And miss one, miss one by lip. Against great shot in the railway. That's yeah. correct. Yeah. So yeah, terrific chat. And um, yeah, he's obviously uh, all eyes will be on Brad, Dan Morton, and Elite Street, the two dollar fifty favorite in the Winterbottom Stakes on Saturday. Certainly will be. Uh, well, we better touch on it. I don't feel like we need to go too deep into it. Every everybody's having their two cents to say about Western Empire now, but um, special stuff. Special stuff. Uh, only didn't beat any imports, which for me is disappointing because anyone that says that. Would have been saying the exact same thing if he did beat imports, but um, yeah, we just saw a very, very special horse as we thought we might do if he replicated what he did. And um, I don't care if he beat the handicapper or not, he, he does that either way if he's carrying 59 or 53, I reckon. So, very, um, yeah, just just exciting for, for WA racing going forward, what he can produce on a um, national and I don't know, yeah, just probably national stage. Yeah, it was for me, it was. Reminiscent of Arcadia Queens, Kingston Town. wasn't it? Just the way that he lowered and lengthened in mm-hmm. his stride. It's a tactical it, speed. We've seen horses like Inspirational Girl, Galaxy Star close off like that, but they don't have the early Super speed. Superstorm. They, yeah. And they have to settle last because they're not as tractable. Like if you've got like there's all the weapons in racing and if you've got the, the tactical speed and then the ability to run those sectionals, you're just you're unstoppable. Superstorm was a group one winner in uh, Flemington this spring. Well, what would Western, Western Empire, Empire have, five what, on it. what would Western Empire have done to Superstorm on Saturday? It would have done crushed na- na- naughty things. And Superstorm's a he's a good horse. So, do you know there's there's a section of the race that's like the last 100 meters, and I swear to God, Western Empire was going that fast that the cameraman couldn't keep up with him. <laughs> you have a look. He, the cameraman was like was just just panning and trying to. It was incredible viewing, just watching, and the the section was back it up. He ran the Fastest last six, fastest last four, and the I think it was second fastest last two hundred meters of the day at yeah, a so mile. A <clears throat> at a mile when they ran one thirty four, uh, mate. Like he is, oh, he is, know, he is like box office. Yeah, yeah, he was box office. But do you know that probably the most impressive performance of the race was that 
you getting comfort me into the one <laughs> from there. I've been, are, I've been waiting for someone to say did, that. Did, did Brad really get upset <laughs> at you about that? Because he had the back of comfort me, three-wide train, perfectly placed. And <laughs> Pikey actually let him in. It was a really – I think it's often – misjudge that it, it makes sense for a jockey to kick up and hold a horse out. In that sense, Pikey's like, well, I'm going to let in a form horse here. I don't have to use my galloper mid-race. Um, so Pikey tucked back and let Peter Nucky have that spot. But, um, yeah, big shout-out to Reese Radford as well because they've beaten third by a distance. And um, as I said to you, when I did my odds earlier in the week, I had a clear second favourite. Yeah. I've drifted at 13s to 50s on the gate, which in retrospect, after watching the ride, obviously, it's um, a little disappointed because I think it was 20 bucks in my favourite out markets, which now looks tremendous. But, um, yeah, congratulations to Peter Nucky and um, and Reese Radford as well because that was a tremendous effort and that would be the horse we're talking yeah. about um, if there wasn't a probably one of the best horses in the world at the mm. moment in the race. Yeah, I, I was listening to the Tab Radio boys on Monday morning and they, they were – they couldn't believe Lucky Nucky was able to, to do what he did, but it was it was pretty obvious on the one one last Thursday exactly what was going to happen. <laughs> but yes, did you see your little shout out in my ride up on the window bottom? <laughs> I don't know if I'm don't know if I'm going to be able to get Red Cam Man in the one one, but we'll, we'll do I our, we'll do our best. We'll, I knew you try. We'll try, but yeah. So Western Empire special special performance. Bit of mail going around that he's going to miss the autumn and focus on the yeah. spring, which is a bit. A shame, but um, I was a bit flat because I sent around a few texts to a few bowlers and said 51's Cox Plate before I started writing that, that crap and um, couldn't get on. Now he's like 13 bucks for the race. If that's what they target, dear me, could be a tough watch for not being on. Yeah, I'm sure, I'll just enjoy it as enthusiasts though. It's gonna be that's there, a there, there's a whole another layer to that discussion as well, especially with the uh, the news on Monday that the relationship between Team Williams and Bob Peters is yeah. sort of is sort of changing. I guess the arrangement is changing. Would you use the word fractured. Sorry, would you use the word fractured? Yeah, yeah. It's odd, isn't it? Well, I think we let more play out before we speculate on it too much. But uh, Jesus Christ, I saw Noski just got Western Knight. Um, Hayden Valentine's obviously got a couple. Um, Adam, of course. Geez, Adam, of mm. course. Yeah, if I was a yeah a few other trainers, I'd be. Um, yeah, I'd be at the bottom of the pack trying to get some crumbs here, I reckon, because there could be some great opportunities. It's, I'm, I'm finding it hard to wrap my head around it because there's conflicting reports from the article that was written and, the, quote, and they... the quotes that were given. And then Bob Peters on radio on Monday said, as far as he's concerned, Williams was Team Williams was still going to be getting all his three-year-olds moving forward, um, but they just don't, didn't want to do any of the early work with the two-year-olds and, uh, and then obviously – as what happens when they turn four off, he often sort of yep. sends a few of the staying types over to Adam Durant. So he oh. sort of said that they were, he was going to divide them up between Hayden Ballantyne, Adam Durant and Grant Williams moving forward. And he was a little bit surprised by the wording of the article. So you don't really know what to, well, what to take out of it. I, yeah, I, I heard a rumour, and it's probably true, um, that um, the reason they're looking at it and mixing it up a bit is it's getting too easy to win railway stages. <laughs> Apparently Bob said it's getting too easy. Uh, that's four in a row. Yeah. Um, we better give the other wants, a chance. Well, he thinks usually, obviously, if a horse wins, it gets handicapped. Yeah. Uh, if if a horse wins, it gets handicapped. Um, so he's thinking this is probably one way he can handicap himself by um, setting up a new environment and having to put his horses through it. So I like it from Bob. Bit of Daytona, bit of catch-up mode for everyone else. Mate, we have to – Thoughtful man. We have to talk about Team Williams. Mm. These guys are absolute freaks, absolute freaks. They make, as Terry said, they do make things look so easy. And from an outsider looking in, they're like, oh, of course, they've got the best horses. They train for Bob Peters, rah, rah, rah. But it is so hard to get a horse to win a race. It is so hard to get a horse to win a group one. And yet 
year in, year out, on the grand final days, Team Williams is too good. And they get that for them to get their horses to perform at the level they do on the day is it's freakish what they do. Yeah, certainly is. As you said, they've got the right stock, but um, you can have the right stock, uh, but you've still got to do a very good job with that stock. We, um, I, I think <clears throat> recently with the success the uh, Jan Jemmys have had, we tried horses. I think it shows just how different a horse can perform under the right or wrong conditions. And sometimes that's not just about how you train them, but it's where you train them, what suits that particular animal. We've seen horses leave. Um, Pims Royale is a great example, left um, Grant and Alana and, and Luke Fernie and Peter Fernie got, got uh, lengths out of it, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so that, that, that's an example where sometimes you can leave a yard and go better, but for them to consistently be doing what they're doing um, and, and not missing their grand finals, if they think it's a grand final coming out, they turn up, they get their 35, kick three and walk off with a medal around their neck. So, yeah, no, pretty impressive stuff. I mean, they're, they're Hall of Famers, aren't they, mm-hmm. really? So and for, for it's just remarkable that Bob Peters – Grant and Alana, that the relationship would be as, you know, strained as it is moving forward considering the success that they've had. So uh, more of that's going to play out. But not only, Terry, did they win the, the railway, they they won the guineas as well, treasured star. They did, got the wobbles late, got out to 3.30, 3.40 on the Betfair Exchange. So for those that bet um, smarter, not harder, and waited for the late price, they would have been tickled pink by that quote. Um, Bazoom money came, but, yeah, treasured stars. Treasured star, sorry, won well. Uh, I had a few people that had um, multis, uh, Western Empire into Treasure, Elite straight into it and all around those type of things and were a bit flat when they heard the news that um, Treasure Star wasn't going to the Kingston. You know, I said, doesn't matter anyway. Mm. It just wouldn't have mattered anyway. Yeah. There was only one winner. I don't care about the nine kilos. It, it just All it's done is save you a bit of heartbreak on the day. Just get the heartbreak out of the way now. Yeah. There's only one winner of that race. There's only one horse running second in that race. Mm. Um, and then Rock's trap for fools, too close to the sun. We're yeah, fighting be, out for third. You know, it's going to be interesting. Mm. How many runners they get in the Kingston Town Classic? Well, you've got to remember second is worth $200,000. So if you go to the Sky Hill, which is worth a quarter of a million, you're running for third is worth the same as th- – uh, basically running for third is worth almost what this winning the Skate Hill is. Yeah. So there's there's yeah. still reason to celebrate running. Um, oh, don't thing. get me wrong, but I'd, I'd tend to think that it's going to – it might only be a 10. Fair enough. 10 was field, really. Yep. So uh, because, yeah, that was just scary, scary what, stuff. One thing it's going to do is make it a great Skate Hill. Yes. Skate a Hill's great Timmy Skate Hill stakes, I reckon. So, yeah, Dan Morton's got a bit of a um, – Decision on his hands whether he goes to the Scahill or whether he pushes on to the uh, to the Kingston Town Classic. So mm-hmm. there's a few people that are going to be in the same boat actually. But I think you um, just you nom for both and have yeah. a look and yeah, have a bit of a fiddle around. So yeah, it was uh, Cerise and White that we, the vortex was spinning. We mm. all got caught up in it, and uh, they uh, as they all as they often do, they were uh, just too good on the big day. Railway too big, stage too strong. Day. Too big, too strong, exactly. Chrissy Parnham, hats off to him. He won uh, three listed races on the day, I think. So he had a uh, he had a very, very good day in the saddle as well. And I reckon he's just about riding better than anyone, even, yeah. even Pikey at the yeah. I mean, Watching him, he's, what, one thing that changed about his game more than ever, he's, he's more patient than mm. ever. And sometimes that you might be thinking, oh, golly, yesterday I read the Velvet Queen I actually backed the other horse, Uni Queen. Um, I was basically price dependent. I, yep. I had the Velvet Queen on top, but once the other one got out to 420, and um, I was pretty happy when Sean sort of got into that position and kicked clear. I thought we're going to might have a race winning head start here, but um, Chris, I think he was aware of what he had underneath him with the Velvet Queen, bided his time, and that's what probably won in the race. If he's 
aggressive early there, tries to find a spot, gets caught deep. That's where the Velvet Queen loses. So um, just the patience he's showing is, is tremendous. So not, I hope he doesn't show much of that patience on Will Chino. <laughs> not, uh, not only patience, like his, his strength and balance at the finish of a race is underrated. Like f- flying missile, uh, he was able – it looked look for a stride or two like Leeway was going to gobble up flying missile, but Parnham again, he just – just a beautiful seat in the saddle. And he was patient as going to the break. He could have led. And he yeah. Didn't, he, it's almost like he didn't want to lead. He just wanted to let it be in that spot. And, and, and you know, that's where it worries. And, and be honest with you, how well he's riding in that sense is what worries me a little bit, which I'm with Will Chena, which we'll talk about shortly. But that always worries me that he'll be patient enough to let a horse cross him and, and take the sit. And, and that's where I think it, it, it makes it impossible for a horse like Will Chena. So it will be, it will be interesting. But the, the thing is, Chris obviously is aware that every horse has its um, strengths and, and weaknesses. And, you don't ride them all the same, do you? Yeah, he's got some good people in his corner as well, helping him out with all that sort of stuff. So um, what I was going to say also is he's, he was able to get Hot Z over the line in a driving finish, Clint Johnston Porter. That was that was, that was was a snapshot into the future, wasn't it? CJP and Chris Parnham going stride for stride in a big mm-hmm. race at Ascot. And then his ride on Angelic Miss in the uh, Jungle Mist was just 10 out of 10 again. So shut he's the got- gate on Pike and it was just – he just had all the chances inside him and – it was just a beautiful steer. What um, the money came, didn't it? Mm. I, I decided to hold fire because we we're both pretty keen. Mm. And uh, yeah, I decided to hold fire, thinking that there'd be bright diamond, Shantork, Salaya, um, Cheese of Charmer, Bain Tempest money, and you know we'd pop out to five fifty, six bucks. But the money came, the money knew, and she got the job done. Just a shame. I wouldn't really back it when she got to that price late, unfortunately. What was your railway day like? On course, what was the experience? Yeah, like? no, it was, it was a cracking Considering day. not forgetting listeners that Terry had a runner in the railway, the champ. We did, day. yeah. Paddy yeah. Carberry found the back of Western Empire, as I thought he might, and um, no, he just, just plotted away. Uh, old dig deep. Old, he's not old. Yeah, he just plotted away sort of thing. Thought Paddy gave him a, a 10 out of 10, but um, no, it was a cracking day. It was awesome to be a part of the um, part of the big race, and uh, yeah, as always, it's the uh, best day on the calendar, isn't it? When, when did you get out there? First, before the first? No, just we had a, we had some delays. Uh, so I got out there just after race one. I watched uh, Black Shadow just get held up at those key moments. <laughs> and, gee, there's a horse to follow in Perth at the moment. Next start, I'd say it's Black Shadow. Um, yeah, just after the first. It's a good day. Lots of people, lots of catching up. Looking forward to doing Winterbottom again, heading out there solo Winterbottom. So I'll do some more floating around. And a lot of people I didn't get a chance to say hello to, I'll do so on Saturday. Yeah, yeah, I had a cracking day. It was just one of those... It's just one of those events now where you can just go go and walk ten meters, bump into Bang, someone, have yeah. a chat, walk. You know, uh, I I ran into so many people. There was lots of um, lots of uh, sort of positivity for uh, the podcast as well from from people that I just met or people that I hadn't met before. And um, mate, it's just a great occasion. And I don't know if I felt thought the crowd was a bit light. I haven't seen the figures, but if 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 you're looking for one day of one day of the year to go and it's an absolute belter, Railway Stakes Day punters get out there and uh, and support the uh, the WA racing industry because it doesn't get any better than that. Especially when you get to watch horses the caliber of Western Empire mm-hmm. um, go about their business, you know, um, firsthand. Exactly right. All right, mate. Well, let, we got Winterbottom Stakes Day mm-hmm. card to get through, and we've got our pre-recorded Brad Rewilla interview uh brad um has been a top jock for a number of years now and um has you know been calling west australia home for the last 12 months 
He won the Winterbottom Stakes on Elite Street last year for Dan Morton, and now he's uh, aiming to try and make it back-to-back Winterbottoms aboard the $2.55 this Saturday. So let's uh, let's plug in our uh, pre-recorded chat with Brad Rewilla. Yeah, I'd like to give a big warm welcome to the 1-1 one, one for uh, top jock Brad Rewilla. Brad, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks, thanks for having me on board. It's uh, my pleasure. Mate, you've, uh, you've been in WA for just over 12 months now. Uh, how's the move going? You Obviously, you uh, didn't waste any time posting a Group 1 victory aboard Elite Street in last year's Winterbottom. You've um, you've had a, a bad fall, you've come back, and now once again you're, you're riding Elite Street favourite for this year's Winterbottom. How's your uh, – describe your 12 months since you arrived in the West. Yeah, well, it's, it's been a bit of a roller coaster, I guess, when you, when you throw in uh... – um, he broke him back and um, punctured lung and whatever it was in his fall at Bunbury. But yeah, certainly when I got over here, the, uh, winning on the Lee Street last year was, was, you know, just huge and being able to make the transition um, easier to deal with. And, and um, yeah, then with my family getting over and, and getting, getting Cleon Lucas into school, um, yeah, just it's really made, um, made it so worthwhile just how well we've. They've done school since um, having to go through lockdown all last year was was really tough. Um, tough on my wife and tough on the kids. Um, and and we sort of realised that when we got here that they had fallen behind. And and uh, St Columbus, finally saw their they going to uh, yeah they've they've been able to be on top of uh, where they were behind and now they've caught back up and uh, and and more or less you know. Family, family-wise, we're, we're loving it in Perth and um, enjoying the sunshine. It was kind of grass day today, and uh, um, yeah, just, just, just been a, you know a great lifestyle in, in Perth for, um, for for our family. We'll come back to your move shortly, but uh, no doubt our listeners will want to know you're riding the favourite in uh, the Winterbottom Stakes on Saturday, Elite Street, a Group One, one million dollar race. Can you believe, Brad, that you're going to be potentially shooting for a 26th Group One victory of your career? What's uh, what's the next couple of days look like leading into uh, the Elite Street ride? Uh, yeah, well, I'm going to Northern today, and, and yeah, you say, um, can I believe it? It still blows my mind to think um, that I've ridden 25 Group One winners. You know, like it's just um, it's a like a grand final every time you're in a grand, Group One, and, and and when you win, you know, they're just so special. I've got a story about every group one that I've ridden. We know that um, why it could be the best one. You know, like I've, I've um, got a story that um, of all of them. Just you know, uh, it's, it's just what you live for in the game. And and uh, so then going into you know this, this weekend, you know, obviously he's going for two in a row, and and uh, he's in such great order. Uh, Barry draws. You know, really. Probably worked out really good. Then that you know he should get his chance from ten, and and uh, you know he's um, but he's you know what it is you know at a group one you, you never just win it you know you still need a lot of things to go your way and and uh, um, yes yeah, so I'm sort of my focus I'll go to Northern today have a couple of rides and tomorrow to be just working out my plan and um, make sure that I, I think all my boxes going to Saturday's race. 
You must be supremely confident, though. I mean, you've got a tremendous association with this horse. Four rides for four wins now, including three on the trot leading into uh, Saturday. So you've, you've first up victory in the, uh, in the, what was it, the Crawford, then it was the Prince of Wales, and then the Colonel Reeves. And he's done it in different ways as well. Um, and it just feels like you've got, you've got supreme confidence in the horse, but you've also got a tremendous understanding of how to maximise his weapons. Yeah, absolutely. We look at it. You know, the big thing with with Lloyd Street is, is um, confidence in him. And if you if you get it right, um, the running, then you just know what he's got. You know, and, and that's been sort of the secret. Even for the last time in the Prince of Wales, we're drawn drawn poorly, and um, it, it could you know if you if you're if you're riding to sort of make things happen, and, and um, you know obviously a favourite in the race and expected to win, but. If we tried to force the issue, we he pretty quickly could could sort of lose his chance, and it wouldn't be the best thing going forward for the um, for the winner bottom. So we're just making sure that we we got his his, his rhythm and and um, and knowing that 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 was his chance to win um, all the same. So once we got that, he, he travelled beautiful for me, and and um, yeah, you've seen the end result. He, he was a dominant win and um, sets him up beautifully for the Saturday and. Uh, hopefully we can do the same. Yeah, just touching on that, that Colonel Reeves when I mean, you just, I think you were just sort of happy just to float it in the sort of three, four wide line, a little bit of cover, but you just looked like your horse was travelling so strongly and um, and it was almost as if you just, you knew that you were just going to round him up as soon as you, you balanced up and, and slipped him an inch of rain. Must be a pretty special feeling when you know a horse has got that sort of weaponry. Um, you know, under the bonnet, you've ridden some some really really good horses, champions actually. In fact, over the journey, what I know, Elite Street's a five year old, but he's a pretty lightly raced five year old, and everything's come pretty quickly for him. But he's a winner. He's definitely WA's best sprinter. What what sort of what do you rate him? What what what, what opinion do you have of, of this particular horse? Yeah, well, look, he's, he's just a top class um, horse, that's for sure. Um, and you know. It's, Every chance we haven't seen the best of him yet. You know, mm. look, this, this preparation, I think we've seen um, his race craft being better, and, and um, it can be the you know the difference. You know, that we, everyone can tell you about a horse they've had that um, had so much ability, but wasn't able to uh, get it out of him. You know, like uh, sometimes you know they're still um, every horse is different, and um, and like you and me, where We've all got our own syncrasies and so forth. So, um, yeah, now he's starting to it's sort of all clicking together. I think um, to only seeing him getting better now, you know, and, and um, yeah, hopefully, hopefully it's you know we'll, we'll just we'll worry about um, getting through Saturday and uh, worry about afterwards once um, you know we've got the result that we're after on Saturday. The last year you got out of quarantine was it the day of the or the day before the railway stakes, and then uh, and then a week later you won the winter bottom in which was pretty much a pickup ride. Brad Parnham committed to Indian Pacific. Chris Parnham committed to Celebrity Queen, and uh, Brad Willer gets locked in on Elite Street and gets the job done. Was he always your ride this prep, or did you have to did you have to uh, fight your way back to be the number one seed to to partner him this campaign? Yeah. Look, um I, I, it wasn't always me, me right for the prep, um, but it was once 
Montreal book for his first up um, run, then I was booked, booked towards the winter bottom, and um, yeah, sort of, I, I, I couldn't, you know, I know what I had last year, and, and although he didn't perform to his best in Melbourne, and he had a couple of runs in the winter that um, probably was below his best, but I know what he what horse he is, and and um, and he, especially Melbourne, like there was just a lot that went wrong for him. Mm, like yeah. sort of a couple of them runs, you know, you knew after hundred metres that he probably couldn't win. Um, and yeah, so when I when I when I was able to get back on into the prep, I, I just knew that um, we were getting to the winner bottom and 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 being one of the leading chances. And um, yeah, so now bringing on for the weekend, I can't wait. Grand final day, yeah. It's almost as if he. Uh, when he went to Melbourne, a few of those jocks he just travelled so well for them that they thought he was just he was almost an on speed <laughs> on speed horse really. And then um, obviously he he can't really that's not his preferred pattern of racing. But he seemed to have that a way of getting him to begin to settle to stalk a hot speed and still have so much uh, closing speed left um, for late in the race. But um, just just touching on Elite Street, did you actually ride him in track work at all or anything late before last year's Winterbottom? Um, I, I did, but not, um, yeah, obviously I, I hadn't been here that long and, um, and I, I sort of his last go of those actually Belmont on the, on the grass and, and it was, he gave me incredible feel mm. like how he, um, as he was galloping, but late, he actually did a bit, um, laid in and, and, um, I sort of wasn't completely sure how to, Gauge your elbow. I think, like I said, he gave me such great feel all, all the way up to the, to the last hundred metres and then got on one rein and, um, it sort of left me a little bit not sure how to rate it. But when I come back and Sam Morton was just, he said that was perfect. He, he was just, you know, I just couldn't have got any more confidence from, from Dan then and I just thought I went on and then, um, um, yeah, Julie delivered them when it went about and I've seen even sort of in the winter of, even though I didn't have the, the, the ride on him at that time, I was still riding a bit of his work, and and um, he's, he's just always, um, I've always got along with him pretty good, you know. He's, mm. um, yeah, we sort of seem to have a good connection, which is um, half the battle. I know it's only a small sample size from from last year. Basically, it was only the second or third time you threw your leg over him when um, when you won the winter bottom on him on Elite Street. But can you sort of see any? significant changes in the horse from uh, this time last year to the, you know, six to four favourite in Saturday's Winterbottom. What what are the most noticeable things you've 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 uh, you've picked up on that have uh, sort of furnished Elite Street into the weapon he is now? Yeah, I just think that, like I said earlier, um, it's his race craft he's, mm-hmm. he's um, just a bit more mature mentally. Um, it's not necessarily that he's um, um, any any better a horse. Um, and certainly, you know, he's five now. Like he should be, should be sort of getting near his peak, but he, he's just um, uh, easier, easier to deal with, I guess. You know, like it's just um, he's more working for you, you know, and and mm. um, and yeah, it's you know, it's three quarters of the battle, you know. It's, it's, um, to, to be able to do it two ends, both ends, you know, you've, you've got to be able to switch off and. Um, I've been able to, you know, obviously work that all three runs this, 
this prep and and um, and that's that's when you you know see how good he is. He's um, he's, he's the sort of horse if you give him a kick and after you've gone twenty meters, you know, just trying to find half a length, well then he might be off, you know, and yeah. and, um, yeah. and once he's off, then there's no getting him back. So that's that's where um, you know himself knowing the horse and um, the confidence in him, knowing what he's got. You know, when, when you get him in his own, then, uh, yeah, he, he's, he's, to me, he's still getting better. So have you galloped him this week leading into the winter bottom? Yeah, I rode him on Saturday morning at, um, at, at Belmont. And, um, no, he's, he's, he's just everything. His, his preparation has just been perfect. He's just gone along, kicking each, each box, as, you know, um, all the way through, and he wouldn't wouldn't and can't have changed anything up to now and um, now we've just got to get get the job done on, on the weekend. Very good. Now, Brad, d- just let's just touch on your, I guess, your connection with Western Australia. You you will, will definitely not remember this, but <laughs> but I met you when I was a, a young fellow. You were, uh, I was a valet in the jockey's room and you came over in 1997 for the Apprentices' Cup to ride a horse by the name yep. of Old Cobber, a Lindsay Smith. And uh, yep. I think I might have hunted you down and even got your autograph off you, actually. <laughs> I was a bit <laughs> of a racing uh, nuffy as a, as a young fella. But um, it's, it's interesting that you came, that came over and you first sort of caught the attention of, of West Australians with that Apprentice's Cup win, uh, not, to, not forgetting, not to mention the attention of Lindsay Smith, uh, who you still have an association with today. But also from that, um, I guess lots of West Australians tracked your career and then you, you actually your first Group 1 win, I believe, was in Western Australia in the 2006 Kingston Town Classic. So you do have Perth and West Australia um, seems like it's been a really happy hunting ground for you and it's just interesting that, you know, later on in your career that you've decided that you decided to, to move across the other side of the country to set up shop in, in Western Australia. What, what, what were some of the things that drew you over here and um, and led you to believe that this was the the right place for you and your career and your family. Yeah, well, it's just um, as, as you stated, like I, I've just always had success when I have come over, and um, obviously, um, old Cobble was, was was awesome winning the Apprentice Cup, but actually, you had another ride on the day as well, for Smith, which is Jethro's hole. Um, yes, it was a, the um, Apprentice Challenge race, and we won that as well. And um, and then coming over with Nick Nero, um, first Group One winner was. You know, look, you just um, can't, you know, even just Nash, um, the older brother, was, was the reason why I got the ride. Um, and and then sort of since then, you know, I've come over, I've been second on the, the Perth Cup and I won the, the derby on Chateau's, um with the last year it was a group one before it was brought back to a group two. Um, and, yeah, just, you know, it's, it's, oh, the weather's always... Pretty fantastic, even though the last few months have been uh, a little bit, bit like Melbourne with the rain. But um, yeah, it's, um, it's, it's just a great lifestyle here as well. And, and um, yeah, I'm not getting any younger, but um, yeah, being able to you know have more time with the family is just it's really important. It's, um, the stage of life I am now, it's uh, back at home. You're sort of racing every day, and you, you know, obviously see the kids in the, in the morning before they go to school, but I'd come home and see, see see him again, but I'm going off to the sauna because he's racing the next day, and 
yeah, and, and you know, now it's, you know, just it's more or less like a working holiday 24-7 um, for myself. So, yeah, we're loving it. Brad, the, you know, post the, when you, obviously, when you were learning your craft and, and building your profile in Victoria, it always, from afar anyway, watching your, your career, it felt like you're always sort of, weight was always a challenge, but there was no doubt that you're always able to to chalk up a heap of winners. And there was a long time there where you were banking, you know, you know, lots and lots of winners, especially in the provincial area of of Victoria, teaming up with with a, a younger Darren Weir in those days. And you guys just seemed to um to dominate, um, especially especially just outside the uh the metropolitan area. But um coming to Perth in, in 06 and winning your first group one, it felt like that was a real turning point in, in, in your career. You can correct me if I'm wrong because it wasn't, it was only, you know, less than a year later that you were able to team up with a, a horse by the name of Weekend Hustler. Now, a lot of our uh, listeners are um, yeah, sort of younger generation, newcomers to, to the game, but, um, you know, in 2007, 2008, Weekend Hustler was, you know, just about the best turf horse in the world. What, what, was, what was that like? Uh, f- finding your champion, you won seven Group Ones on him. Um, what was it like stumbling into that relationship with the McDonald's and, and Weekend Hustler and the ride that he took you on? Yeah, well, it was just, um, another story in life, more or less. It was funny that twelve months earlier, um, than winning on Nick and Hero, um, as, as you said, stated, I was um, a country jockey, but I had a uh, an injury in a barrier mishap at Morningham morning from one day, uh, sort of back in August, and and it wasn't anything that worried me um, to ride. It was no pain to ride, but I couldn't run, and I literally couldn't run more than 500 metres. I'm, I'm a big runner, and mm-hmm. it always been part of me getting weight. And uh, six months later, I, I just had become such a grind that um, I was struggling, and and we waited really ballooned like where um, I had to get off the ride at Benalla one day 59 and a half because I couldn't make the weight and um, I pretty much said to the stewards on the day that um, you're better off suspending me because um, I can't afford to um, define and, and pretty much I was given a, given it away and, and uh, I got onto a, a guy um, Pat Allen that um, actually was just on the fleeting chance, it was a three-hour drive to Donald um, to, to see him, and he um, sort of worked on nerves and and um, in foot. And funnily enough, he said, oh, "This is good news. I reckon we can help you." And, and the next day, I went for a run. I ran five pace, and um, lo and behold, I started just sort of running. And and I went from being organised to go over the jump um, to you know I'll give it one more go. <laughs> You're going to be a jump trotter. I was going to go over the jump, dad was a jump shot, <laughs> and um, and it's not something I was always sort of wanting to do is ride over the jump. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, I just thought I'll give it one more go, and, and um, yeah, really sort of kicked on again, and, and um, yeah, rode a hundred winners. You know, well, actually, you know, from when I come out of my time, I've ridden a hundred winners sort of every, every season um, for ten years, and and. Um, yeah, and then the opportunity to come up with Nick Nero and and, um, and and winning that was, you know, just all of a sudden you're, you're a group one winning rider and you sort of turn on another level. And um, the following April, I, I won, won the Adelaide Derby um, on Laser Sharp. And, and then from there, it's just 
again, you know, with McDonald's, I, I uh, had never really ridden to the back. I had never ridden to the McDonald's stables at all. And um, I just happened to be at the front of Mowie one day and, uh, and, and Clinton McDonald just uh, comes up to me and what is it? You ride more winners than anyone in the state. I'd, I'd bring the 160 winners, I think, for the season or something. And um, one leading ride for the state. And um, he said, you can't, you can't get a ride in town. And I said, oh, look, it's, you know, it's always struggles with me weight. And I do my best. But um, this is what it is. I'm a country jockey, you know, more or less. And, <laughs> um, I'm happy riding winners, you know. And, and funnily enough, it's the next week they had a ride for me at Wangaratta, which um, one by five lengths. And I had five... Six rides for him in the next month, um, five and one, and the other ride ran second, which was a 2,000 metre or first up. And um, then they they offered me the ride on weekend after. They said, uh, um, Chris Simons, no, we can't get a rider that can commit to the guineas, and we think he's that good, so um, can you ride him all the way through to the guineas? And I said, absolutely. Um, and, uh, yeah, the rest of history, we... Um, Oh, he was just a, a horse that, to me, is an absolute was an absolute freak. He was like black caviar, like wink, like he was the best miler in the world. When he at a mile, like oh, I just don't think um, I knew a horse that could beat him, you know. And he was um, as much as he won a new mark and Oakley Plate because he was that good at a mile. He was just yeah, I'm stopping. Incredible horse, wasn't he? I mean, I, mean, I remember the first day that you you rode him in a race. Was that Sandown, and you? It was just like <laughs> it was like he was racing Shetland ponies that day, wasn't it? He, he, I can't, I couldn't tell you how far he won by, but I don't think the other horses were, were in the screen. And then, yeah, well, that day he obviously won by seven or eight, and, and um, we they had a very substantial bet on him, and uh, so he's sort of riding um, for the punt to make sure nothing goes wrong. And, <laughs> and um, there was a horse called Simplest in it, of Lloyd Williams's. Um, which was, you know, they um, virtually sort of fighting for, for favoritism. And, um, but um, what I loved that day when I was straightening her and, you know, I was riding right up on the speed to make sure, like I said, make sure nothing gets in his way and, and he gave me a kick down three. And at the furlong, just again, just to make sure that he got the job done, I gave him a backhand of, um, and he found another three. And that just doesn't happen. You know, he literally was, and just blew me mind how um, he done it and the horse simple ran second and won its next six, six starts um, yeah he, he just was was like that he was a horse that was um, like nothing I've, I've ridden before I can imagine I mean two starts after that win at Sandown he won a Caulfield Guineas over a mile came back to win the Group 1 Coolmore down the Flemington Strait six returned as an autumn three-year-old won the Oakley Plate first up won a new market at Flemington again, went to Randwick, won a Randwick Guineas over a mile, won the George Ryder at Wafer 8, <laughs> unbelievable, um, uh, yeah, at Rose Hill. And then uh, he came back for a uh, for a spring campaign, won a Memsey, won a Maccabi Diva. And then remarkably, I think one of his great wins, he stretched him out to 1,800 metres and he, he won the Underwood um, before um, he embarked on a, on a unsuccessful, ultimately unsuccessful Caulfield Cup campaign. Yeah, well, he, he's won the Underwood with, um, by Ruler and Maldivia and like um, they, they more or less tried to outstay him and, and um, yeah he was still able to win so that's that's sort of why the Caulfield Cup was still on, on the radar and 
and then his next bout was the Turnbull Stakes, and and um, we drew the second outside gate, and um, and it's just yeah, he virtually had made three runs in the race. So I jumped well, and as he always done, he could sort of make make a spot anywhere. And and um, Tuesday Joy was going inside me and drive up inside me to hold me out. So I just thought, oh, I'll sweat, I'll come back and go behind her. And then as we go into the first corner, he then checked back to sort of stay out of my way, I mean, to be in my way, and took me out four or five wide in the first corner. Um, and like I say, he ended up making three, which just wasn't a guide whether he ran the trip in hindsight. Yes, but absolutely, he probably should have probably stopped there, but he, um, you know, he, he still ran a good race in the Caulfield Cup, but obviously didn't stay the 2,400 metres. And, and, um, yeah, and then the next, next, next preparation, he, uh, he broke down and, and, uh, yeah, we weren't, weren't able to see the best of him from there. Seven group ones you went on that horse, Brad. So you probably think when a freak like that comes along that, um, you know, it's kind of the pinnacle of your career. But then, um, you know, uh, six or seven years later, you uh, team up with a horse by the name of Blackheart Bar, another unbelievable, another West Australian connection as well through the uh, through the ownership there. And um, he took you on a hell of a ride as well, six group ones. Um, yeah, just, uh, oh, just competed yeah, at, the, at the top of the tree for so long. Yeah, and even his, his um, first year riding in Master, run second in a new Master that he didn't ride in that day. And uh, but we, we look, he was the best runner for, for twelve months uh, at fourteen hundred metres of Caulfield. Like it, it was just they, they couldn't beat him. And um, and then you know this is just where where it sort of blows your mind again was. That he, they re, he ended up being retired. Um, he was having feet trouble, and um, and then in sort of that that time, I had a bad fall, broke my neck, and about six months, and um, yeah, and it just, just seemed like it was, um, I guess you could say mental be, but it, to, to think you know he come back from re- retirement and himself coming back from um, you know breaking my neck and being out six months, we we were able to combine to win the Underwood, and and that that. You know, it just was oh, just something that was just so special to to um, do it with the old boy. Which was um, it was pretty awesome. I bet, and we, you know, the story just continues to roll on for Brad Willow, doesn't it? I mean, like weekend hustler into Blackheart Bar, break your neck, come back, win on Blackheart Bar again, decide to move across the country, and all of a sudden you, you stumble <laughs> once again into again. onto the back of a. a, a Bloody good horse in Elite Street. It's just just remarkable how the racing game, the ups and downs, and all of a sudden uh, Brad Will is back on top again. Yeah, I mean it's um, yeah the highs and lows can be. I mean the highs in, in racing can be just uh, you know um, a dream for any person, you know. And uh, um, but that, yeah, it's the lows certainly. Um, I, I, I certainly look back and know that I've earned any, any sense that I have, and. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, and then so in, you know, uh, winning the Caulfield Cup of Bar Cummings, um, you know, a legend of absolute will never be forgotten. Um, and and um, feeling ready when winning the Golden Clipper was, um, you know, the richest two-year-old race in the world. And, and um, yeah, to sort of be able to say that I've won two majors as well, it's, um, yeah, it's been a pretty incredible uh, career.
What what still keeps you going, Brad? The the good horses, the the lifestyle, the the um the the competition, um, or you just love being a jockey? Oh, I, just, I love love being a jockey, but love love horses. I, mm. I just can't see myself um, doing anything else. Um, it doesn't doesn't pay as well second shelf. So uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I don't think there's much much. Um, much, much else I can do that um, I can be good at. So uh, no, I, 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 I love it. Um, and um, you know, when when your whole family's in racing, it's um, it, it just uh, I don't know any different. One last question for you: You've been um, competing at the, the highest level for a long period of time, especially like you know, we're from a West Australian point of view, especially what we consider the. Um, you know the main stage in Victoria and and, and or Melbourne and Sydney. Um, you know the the top echelon. What what is it? Do you miss the the Melbourne Spring Carnival, or the Sydney Autumn, or did, what's it like being in Perth? Um, you know, I guess watching your brother, watching all all your contemporaries ride at that level, or and what's 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 it like for Brad Wheeler watching the you know the Caulfield Cup Carnival or the Melbourne Cup Carnival? Do do you miss it? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question that I hadn't even really thought of. Um, I I've absolutely um, at, at, at times, you know, we would have thought it'd be great to be riding, you know, in, in the spring carnival. And um, yeah, I love watching that. Nash is just in, in his last six months, uh, just how he's riding, just been incredible. And and uh, but I, I had I just haven't even let it come into my mind that mm. regret, you know, I, I've. Um, what I want, and at like I say, because my family's doing so well here, and kids, um, that uh, you know, it's yeah, I don't like to live in regret, and, and definitely there's no regret coming here. You know, I think the move's been been um, successful, and and yeah, as uh, we we we're, we're you know down the stage for the long haul, we're loving it. So. You never know. Um, you're right. No, you might, no point worried about what could have been, could have been, or whatever. This is, this is what we've made. Yeah. Well, you've had a mighty, mighty, mighty career, and you never know. Elite Street might be, might be the sort of horse that takes you back over there, Brad. So, um, just quickly, um, I did say one last question before. Your nephew Campbell, um, he's apprentice jockey over in Victoria. What's, um, how's he tracking? Um, what sort of kid is he, and uh, what's his future look like? Oh, look, he's just a great, great kid. He's um, um, very grounded and um, driven, and um, yes, he's, you know, like he's he's a great talker. He's very, um, uh, you know, um, good at what he does, you know. But it's just um, he's sort of just going through that uh, hard age where your body's trying to grow and he's trying to. Um, you know, he's having to work hard, really hard in his weight, so it sort of has been tough the last few months. But um, yeah, he'll 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 keep punching, and uh, yeah, hopefully, hopefully, he, you know, he can, he can stick around for a few more years yet. You know, he's um, he's like I say, he's a good rider and, and being an asset to anyone that um, puts him on. Brad, thanks again for coming on the one one. Uh, selfishly, it's um. I just love the fact that you've, you're riding here in, in Western Australia, a 25-time Group 1 winning jockey, uh, taking on the likes of our, our guys like 
Pike and Parnham and, and now Clint Johnston Porter among others and you've added a real another dimension to to the riding ranks and um and as a as a WA racing fan and and uh supporter it's you know it's tremendous to have someone of your quality um riding over here consistently day in day out in Western Australia so uh thanks again for um for making WA home and uh yeah, from everyone here at the One One, we just wish you the best of luck striving for that twenty six Group One aboard uh, Elite Street on Saturday. Ah, thank you, Aaron. Yeah, um, appreciate everyone's support. It's uh, certainly made the transition easy. Thanks, Brad. All the best. Cheers. Okay, it's time to partner with Betfair and preview Winterbottom Stakes Day. BJ Ryan and Terry Layton, we are. Teaming up to record episode 104 of the One One. This is your West Australian Racing Podcast. It is uh, quarter to one on Thursday, the 25th of November. We had a northern meeting today, Albany tomorrow, which was moved from Mount Barker after a dam broke. Can you believe that? Tell you what, if they're nothing, they're consistent, Mount Barker. Oh, man, that is that is the most unluckiest venue in Western Australia is the Mount Barker Turf Club. Good friend, so, good friend of mine says you make your own luck. <laughs> Well, wow. uh, anyway, Elby in action tomorrow. Ascot Saturday and one of Terry's favourites, the Crayfish Coast, Geraldton, wrap mm. up the weekend this Sunday. All happening, isn't it? Yeah, plenty, plenty happening. What more could you ask for? Albany Friday, Geraldton Sunday, Winterbottom? Like it's, it's yeah, there's a bit happening. Yeah, there's a, there's a fair bit happening. I've actually I've done all the Albany. I've done everything. I did Albany last night once I finished Ascot. So. Been a long old week of uh, long old week of form, but make sure you stay tuned throughout the show for info on how you can enter the market city mates get out stakes competition, and don't forget our champs and challenges edition of the uh, Mundaring Hotels WA Racing Mastermind taking on Travis Money, Money Travis Money Money, Money Murray Money Murray yeah that's good yeah. it's an accidental nickname yeah. um, is L Taylor the Freeware superstar. <laughs> Channel 10's very own. Channel 10's very own. You won't be able to fit through any doors in coming days, I'd suspect, Lockie. Um, no, looking forward to that one. Was And I'm, I'm just so surprised last week's um, stakes wasn't a carryover. Oh. Someone's popped the Laugh Roller in. Two people popped the Laugh Roller and they almost both deserve to win it on that. I reckon. There should be a rule if it's over 20 to 1, you both win it. And finding the 30 to 1. Winner of the get out stakes and getting pipped by 0.02 of a length. Now, that's when you know it's not your day, Joe Kelly. That's a new new definition of stiff. I'm hoping that Joe had something uh, something on, though. He did it. He did it. He wrote on, uh, he wrote the big spiel on Twitter. Joe, if you're listening, that was uh, sorry to laugh about your misfortune, but uh, I think he had someone drop in, get distracted, and he missed the race. Oh, dear. Yeah. So good, uh, good, good punting, though. Yeah. Tipped well. Yeah, tipped well. Good, good, <laughs> that's what I should say. Sorry. Good, uh, yeah, good good staking. Just uh, good staking, just bad staking. Good exactly. STA, yeah. I get you. Bet for Edge last week, you had on Dan Morton. Yes, we had Dan on last week. Yeah, and what's happening? Uh, we've gone back to we've gone back to LK, Bernie. We've got he's got a couple of runners in the uh, in the winter bottom stakes. So uh, we haven't had the big fella on the show in a while. So uh, we had a chat to Luke about those two and um, Mervyn earlier in the day. And his old man's obviously got three runners in the <laughs> Feature and he owns Scandolo himself, so which he's more excited about than the Winterbottom, just about. Do you think it's do you think it's um kind of uh not so coincidental that that horse is called Outrageous with what he's trying to uh pull off on? Yeah, dear me, that's uh, yeah, that's 
that's something, isn't it? So Luke Fernie is attempting to win the Winterbottom Stakes. First up, no trial with an East Coast import by the name of Outrageous. So this could go down in the uh, in the annals. Well, owning a cup with Luke, I do know for a fact that he's nothing short of uh, ambitious with a few of his placements. So, yeah, I um, yeah, we'll keep our eye on it. I think I marked it 500 bucks in me in me previews. So let's see how many beat time. Outrageous indeed. All right, mate. Let's get cracking on our Winterbottom Stakes Day preview. Terry, you keep all the uh, rail and lane data for us, Scott. What's the story with the rail back out in the six-metre position for uh, for Saturday? I'm trying to just approach things with a let's just look at a standard mindset. Early in the day, it's always a little bit harder to make ground. The easterly swings around, then we get the westerly kick up. It's going to be hot on Saturday, so it will be interesting. But yep. I went through a lot of the hot days last year and it played really fairly, um, which surprised me a little bit. I thought it'd be more on pace, even when there was easterlies. So just allow for a fair track, but mindful that early on, um, unless you get a really suitable map, it can be very difficult to make ground. have to say, I thought last week was was very good. It's been pretty, It's been pretty good. Um, it's really... We were worried when we had that meeting where we, at very early doors we saw the um, the, the turf shifting yeah. and the kickback and, and whatnot. But now since then they've done a great job to get it under control and it's been playing. We've had a couple of days where it plays on speed, but that's Ascot. You're always going to get that. But. Well, the the track man, the new track man, Keith, he got a bit of a whack after two weeks ago, but you got to give him his uh, his flowers after uh, Saturday. Like that was and his team. Like that was a brilliant railway stakes day. Yep, um, they were. Yeah, it was. Seemed pretty fair to me, so. 10 out of 10. I do want a hot pad this week, though. Looking at what I'm tipping and where I'm on, I'd, I'd love to see a nice little travel well, later. Well, line. one thing it is going to be, is going to be hot. 35 yes. degrees. I'm going shorts. Shorts? Yeah, that probably shows you my confidence with you dig deep going into the mountain. Yeah, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I'm going to rock and roll the. Uh, Are you still going to try and get in? <laughs> no, no. No, I'm just going to, uh, I'm going to rock and roll the, uh. Rock and roll the um, the torts, I think, on uh, on Saturday. <laughs> All right, mate. Speaking of rocking and rolling, let's get into it. Race one, 12.05 p.m. kickoff. It's the Tourism WA Trophy, 1,000 metres for the three-year-old, and we've got an odds-on pike runner to kick things off, the front bar. Odds-on, look on. Isn't mm. that what they say? Um, yeah, I think that's about right, to be honest with you. Uh, I was just saying before to BJ, um, that it's 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 a bit of a funny time in WA racing where for people that I guess have followed maybe my stuff for a while, I like to find things of value and look for a bit of this and that. It's just a, it's a funny time where it's really and we spoke about it with Pete Anthony and, and Cripper last week as well. Sorry, um, it, it's just a funny time where it's very favourite orientated and they're they're getting the chockies more often than not. You just got to decipher a backable price for a lot of them, and it's. It's hard to go against them, and I think this nine race card has sort of got about four or five of those where it's a similar type of setup. If they're too short now, you sort of think, well, I'll wait for Betfair and then come Betfair late. If they're still too short, then perhaps there's some value elsewhere each way. But, um, yeah, the front bar, look, I'm $1.85, BJ, and I'm, I'm surprised how short I got him. But at the end of the day, there is four speed horses in this, um, and the front bar is just going to slot into about fifth, let it all unfold and, and peel and go. It only carries two more kilos than when he won um, against Sheep. these horses. Sheep? Yeah, that's good stuff. It didn't <laughs> took me long. didn't take me long. Uh, before she uh, – dear me. Before she um, – uh, when she beat the three-year-olds a couple of starts ago. So, yeah. yeah, just from that point of view, like, oh, I find it difficult to to get her beaten. Um, watch on Sockoff. If Sockoff can get a cross-bopping blue early – Reckon Sokov goes quick for six, seven, eight hundred meters. Whether <laughs> he can go quick for a thousand, I don't know. But um, yeah, no, I'm a dollar eighty-five the front bar. My plan one hundred percent here 
is going to be to um to wait for Betfair and, and bet if I see two thirty plus. If not, I'll probably stay out. But you're going to tip us some value, BJ, and I'm excited. I I I, I don't really like it, um, but just the fact someone's tipping something at a price, I just I hope you win. That's what it comes down. To. I'm just excited about things being tipped at prices because WA racing tipping um and punting at the moment on Saturdays, not midweek. Is is just boring. Mm. It's actually flat. Nobody wants to hit, listen to us sit here and tip the nine favourites, but we also don't want to sit here and make things up, you know, yeah. and try and find things that aren't there. And um, yeah. well, you can only deal with what's exactly right. You, you can only deal with what's in front of you. Yeah. It's exactly right. So, yeah. so what I will say is, I wonder if it's a, a bit of a programming thing with this, where it feels like that feels like if you look at the nominations, you think, how good is this card going to be, Terry? But half of the horses are double nominated across the across the across Ascot Saturday midweek, mid and they all just avoid each other. It's a it's a real real worry. I mean, and which which when that happens, it means that we get eight to twelve horse fields, and there's usually two or three winning chances in in every race. Like we'd really, especially on the undercard races, we're lacking a lot of depth <clears throat> when it comes to winning possibilities and. I don't know what, what we can do about it, whether we need to, you know, pump more money into Saturday stakes to to mean that when you run third on a Saturday, it's worth more to you than running second midweek, something like that, you know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. or, or I don't know. But it, at the moment we're encouraging, you know, uh, uncompetitiveness. You know, there's too many options for trainers to take. They're like, well, I can't beat the front bar, so I might as well scratch and I'll, I'll nominate for midweek, you know what I mean? So how do we get around it that? It won't always be like this. No, but it, it, we'll it's a shame. It, at this time of year, though, Terry, it's glaring. It should be – this should be the time where everyone wants to race their horses and um, and I wonder I wonder how we can encourage um, owners and trainers to have a go even when they're not, not, not 100% suited. But the aim of the game is to maximise the return for your horses and if, if trainers don't think that they can win that race and they'd rather take their, take their chances midweek – then fair play to him. But I think there needs to be a carrot of some sort, uh, i.e. financial carrot, that encourages people to, um, to to race sad day and make our sad day racing the pinnacle rather than letting these, um, you know. I mean, we saw a few shorties win at Belmont yesterday. I mean, they could, they would have looked, they wouldn't have looked out of place at um, at Ascot on sad day. So mm-hmm. it's just- I've got some of our class ones recently yeah. as well. Like you look at that class one the other day, there were some scratchings, but that one was like, Hilton won that race really nice, and you yeah, know, cross statement pick your battles. Who's just run second on a Saturday? Like, like cro- the, just look at the races cross statement itself. That horse has come through in class ones. Like they'd be sixty pluses mm. some weeks. Like the, the hundred thousand dollar race we're going to talk about shortly. The two hundred thousand dollar races are probably worse than those yes. class ones. You know, so I, I think um, sometimes those class three midweek races are, are the hardest to win. <laughs> you, you know, people think that they're doing the right thing, keeping their horse within that grade. Yep. But everyone's got the same mindset, which means it creates a, a you know a very very difficult race to win. Getting back to this particular event, the eight horse three hour race to kick things off, I did was look, looking at the front bar. I expected her to go up odds on. I just thought she could be a slight risk. Rises five kilos after knocking off the older horses in sixty six plus the other day. Incredible win to gun down Acromantula in in that fashion. I just thought getting back from six, she's going to be ridden. Very patiently by Pikey, and if um, if is she going to be able to let down in that dazzling fashion 
as she did last start when uh, when she carried 54.5 compared to 59.5. So I thought, well, let's have a play around with the speed map, see if there's a way that we can get the jigsaw puzzle and come out with a, with a horse that's going to be suited. Horse where, that I, the horse you, that I landed on was Bopping Blue. Where have we got Bopping Blue? In, in your map, are you going to hand up, just take the back of uh, Mankind? I just thought- Did you get that one? I, I, back of Mankind? Yeah. Remember Mick Foley, David Wrestling? He used to use his sock. <laughs> no, As he, everyone no. had a finishing move, like see the Stone Cold Stunner or the Rock had his uh, the, the people's elbow. Tell me more. They mankind used to get his sock out of his pocket, put it on his hand, and put it down their throat. <laughs> Unfortunately, Spotty tried the same thing this morning. I think so. Spotty's been watching too much wrestling. Yeah, I think. yeah he's, a, he's a big mankind. Fan, <laughs> so this is this was the map that I I sort of was able to cobble together. I thought Sokoff with its gate speed might be able to crash across to find the rail in front and Sniparucci with the blinkers on might fire up and, and tow Jason Brown into the breeze. I think they might be they might be looking to change things up a little bit with bopping blue rather than riding this horse for pure speed. If a horse like Sokoff and Sniparucci can come across uh, at speed, it means that bopping blue can be land 1-1 one, one with his gold inside it and not having to break stride, if you know what I mean. He can be cruising along, happy in the, in a comfort zone there. I think bopping blue is a horse with lots of talent, still learning his craft. If he can get a suitable drag into the race following Sniparucci peeling into the three-wide line, this horse can run a sectional that's going to mean that the front bar is going to be right on top of her game to get past him late. I know that Adam Durant's spoken glowingly of bopping blue in the past. Clearly, the front bar is a winner, has a score on the board, is a probably a more professional, is definitely a more professional horse at this stage of their careers. But I just thought... You know, coming off the back of such a peak performance with 54 and a half the other day, rising in weight, the front bar is going to be probably overbet if, in a way, that bopping blue might be the sort of horse who can elevate off that first up performance with a slightly slight tweak to the tactics and uh, might be the beneficiary of uh, CJP getting back on board as well. Yeah, I don't, uh, I don't mind the, uh, the thought process there, BJ. As I said, if mine never gets to that price, I'll be... Cheering fields. I went up 26 bucks, bopping blue. Yeah. I think I was only 10 or 11 or 12 or something. So that's, um, it just looks incorrect, doesn't yeah. it, for a horse? Yeah, and Adam Durant openly says he's got a fairly uh, big opinion of the uh, of the animals. And so, the only other horse is he's gold. Maps a dream from one, was three wide. Deep into a prep back to thousand. and I just see it being a little bit uh, sticky through the fence or something, you know? Fourth in the, uh, seventh in Belgravia, fourth for Aretha, seventh in Placid Art, went three wide, no cover the entire last Saturday. But yeah, has to, has to go again. Uh, as Terry said, after a deep prep, and he's going to have to find some dash in his legs with 59.5 as well. So, but uh, yeah, just a mini upset for me in the first uh, Bop and Blue to to make life challenging for the stable mate, the favoured stable mate, front bar. I like that. Bit of excitement, bit of upset early. Uh, race number two over the 1600 metres. And I'll tell you what, this is a race that uh, will divide opinions. To race when I started, I thought, all right. These two, Cockney Crew and that's funny as, your two natural jump and run horses, both will want to dictate, um, but they can both get in each other's way a little bit in doing so. Uh, so I thought, all right, who's the one that can just park on them and, and have that final crack? And oh, it was hard finding that horse, wasn't it? Did you go for Dominic? I didn't. I haven't seen enough. Yeah. Dominic is just the dead obvious. If he's anywhere near yeah. his best, he's $1.50 here, the way this race sets up with the 56, the draw, the speed on. But I, I haven't seen enough. And as I told you, one of the big things that I've done this year is I'm trying to stop back a horse into form. Mm. Um, so, look, Dom's, Dom makes a lot of sense. You're going to have to try and 
back a jockey into a bit of form, bit, bit better form as and well. It's, there's a few aspects there you mm. sort of all need to work together. So, um, I mean, at the moment you're talking – well, first of all, with the map, BJ, do you think that that's funny as holds up Cockney Crew Breeze or does Jade really put the foot down and Holly pop out and land in the breeze? If if they have these horses have met a couple of times they have. and they've shared. But the so thing is, there's no point. other speed here. So yeah. the two of them, I'm sure they won't, but they, they should be able to sort it out between yeah. themselves very comfortably. If that means Cockney Crew comes across, that's funny as Storks then pops out and they get going from the 600, they should fight it out. That, so, that's how it should work. But if that's funny as kicks up, I wouldn't want to be Cockney Crew in the breeze. Yeah. I'd want to be on the fence if I was with Cockney Crew. So that's what I was thinking as well. So the two times they've met, one time Cockney Crew drew inside and held the lead. And the other time, uh, that's funny as uh, led. And so I'm pretty sure that's funny as sat outside Cockney Crew one day and beat him. Yeah. Um, he might be going a bit better now, though, Cockney Crew. Yes. Yeah. That's, yep. that's his, his run in the Peters was excellent when you consider kissing all four cheeks and Son of Bacchus mm-hmm. and what they were able to do in the railway last Son of Bacchus went well. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. but, but I don't know that Dion Luciani has a knack with this funny, that's funny as, especially off a little mini break, 34 days. I'm pretty sure he was off a, Led up when he won the Narwini, was it, at Belmont? Yep. And um, Holly Watson on board's a good booking as well. So uh, that's a big question. I had that for me, for me, I had uh, that's when he has leading. Yep. yep. Well, that would be great. I think yep. if they let Cockney Crew across, I don't think they'll probably catch him, yeah. to be honest with you. Yeah. But if they, if, so I think they've, they've got to kick up with the 56, keep Cockney Crew in the breeze. And, and that's funny. As there aren't many tougher horses probably in WA. So I think that should be the plan. But I, I, I do worry they let him cross, try and park on him, keep it soft between them, and then get going from the six. And if they do that, um, yeah, one of those two will win probably. Mm. Cockney Crew would be more favoured. So very interesting stuff. But um, Money Maher. More reports is going really, really well. Um, scratch from last week's carbine. I think that might have been a ratings issue. If it won that, it might have got seven or eight points. Um, but Money Mahers first up, long spell, which is always going to be difficult from last. But I think that um, is an impossible. Uh, sorry, the reason I've got it last is Barrier 8. Mm. Last campaign, which was also was, first up for a year, they tried to go forward midfield and they kept getting caught deep. He was, three, just, he was three wide, no cover the entire in the Asian boat. Yeah. I think he was only beaten three lengths. Yeah, the one thing I'll say about that is, so this is what I was going, oh, yeah, we got one here, you know, fresh, here we go. The one thing I'll say about that is they crawled. So whenever they crawl, the margins for the entirety of the field can be pretty compressed Yeah, because they just went so slowly and he did, in the end of the world. He did follow that up with two more good performances. Oh, huge. Yeah, he huge. And in this exact race last year, 78 plus mile, favorite. He, was, he ran third to Tollman. So. Yeah, he was a beaten favourite yep. that day. So, yeah, look, money to her. As, um, and it's something when we had Brittany on the podcast, she said she really struggles to come at horses coming off major setbacks. This is coming off two major setbacks. So um, I can see it for sure. And and I I tried, uh, I tried to find money with her, actually. Yeah. I was just, just trying to map him. Yeah, but I mean, at the end of the day, the, I, I'm i hoping they make a mess of each other up the front. I can't back Dom to shoot. At Money Maher's five bucks, I'll risk Money Maher first up for a year. Utgard Lockie hasn't shown enough. Expecting improvement, maybe pro-consent style improvement from Utgard Lockie under the <laughs> ramp. But again, I'm not going to try and back it into form. So uh, who does that leave me with, BJ? That leaves me with Divine Shadow. Shadow. Mm. So Divine Shadow's last four last first up runs or fresh runs, BJ. They have been, while I get my notes up to refresh my memory, last three fresh runs, third in the car, Coolgardy Cup. Mm -hmm. That's over 1760 uh, from an impossible spot as well. So, yeah, it was better than it looked. Um, Then that was a leader by state too. Then the second quickest uh, last 200. Remember that race? Harry Thomas was 30s to 10s. It lasted a line around second. Friar S was in the race. Montalina was out the back. So was um, Divine Shadow. He carried the big weight. Mitch Pateman, it was a huge run. Huge. It was run eighth, but it was huge. Like it was a really, really good fresh run. 
Um, and then in this year's Coolgardie Cup, Stevie Parnham got held up for most of the straight when it was bolting. It probably mm -hmm. would have won um, and it's run fourth. So I think Divine Shadow is coming off a nice trial alongside Cup Night and um, some fairly sharp sprinters, only beaten a length or so. Oh, look, for a throw at the stumps, if they overcook it out in front, there's one coming at them late. We know he does pretty good work fresh. $13 mm -hmm. at the moment. I reckon it probably only starts longer too, like popular. So I just – I just I love a race where I have to take something on, and I'm not going to be having much on, but I'm going to have something late, small divine shadow, I think. But I can see that, and also it was mm. it was it was good to see Troy Turner wanted to make sure that Divine Shadow had a really really strong hit out in that trial. Yeah, yeah he, he, quite he, forward, he got going, trial, yeah. got 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 yeah. into him a long way out, make sure that he. But I thought some shades weren't on either. I thought trial. something went wrong in the Boulder Cup with Divine Shadow. Um, so it's uh, interesting to see him come back. To racing um, as quickly as he has, I thought it wasn't wasn't it? A hey, lame wasn't going to be good for him. It was it was lame. It was lame. There's yep. nothing more sinister. No, than that. he he didn't get the right run that day either. As well, he sort of got caught. He he tried to Stevie Parham tried to hold a spot close. He got caught. Jort Dean. Now the horse was never happy in the yeah. run. For some um, reason I thought it was reported that he had gone amiss. But anyway, it's good to have him back. And um, yeah, I can completely see just that. a little lob at the yeah, stumps. Yeah, yeah. Let's go for a little bopping blue divine shadow. Double to start kick the day. Things oh, yeah, off. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just giving that a throw away. Yeah, a cat amongst the pigeons. Certainly would. Um, um, yeah, I think Divine Shadow will only lengthen in price too. I don't, <laughs> I don't think it'll be a very popular um, runner with punters. But, okay. Superior Smile as well. It, it's not the end of the world. But it's not the end of the world. It's, it's a not. tougher race, seriously. Yeah. Oh, Superior no. Smile's tough as, uh, tough as nails. Wasn't that bad first up, beaten a long way on a race that didn't suit. Clint Johnston Porter goes on. If they're, if they're stopping at the end of the race... It's got the feel of um, what was the horse Brad tipped us and he backed it at eighty to one. Uh, the stayer Mackenzie Brook. Mm. Um, I remember Brad went up at eight nine bucks on Tab Touch in the morning and um, jumped up at eighties on Betfair and I laughed at him for going up eight bucks. It was bang on and basically what it came down to is the two leaders. I think it might have been that's funny as an Cockney Crew or someone else. They just just went at each other, went at each other, went at each other. And they stopped dead. And what happens when that happens is the best stayer wins, like yeah. a Taxagana or. A superior smile, you know, that type of horse that loves to just absorb the pressure and be the last man standing. So, look, crazier things have happened. And, um, yeah, if this was a quaddy leg, you'd um, you'd be forgiven for taking the field. Very good. Uh, I'm staying out of race too. I tipped that's funny as in the leg up, but, I, yeah, that, I, I wasted so much time on that, with, on that race, Terry. Yeah, so did um, I. So, here we go. I want to get really excited yeah. about one at a price. But yeah. the problem with staying out of those type of races, I think this is where we need to get better is – they're the type of races where we're like, well, the favourites have knocks on them. All three of the favourites, you know, yeah. that's funny. As a little fresh up coming off a, you know, a weird old run, that's got to be a risk at three, four bucks. Cockney Crew's got to be a risk on map. Money Maher's got to be a risk on a year off. Maybe that's the type of race we should look at something. No, I agree. Box, I'll, you know? I'll, I'll be following you on yours. So, so uh, but yeah. in terms, I'm, I'm not going to be super bullish about yeah, that's funny no. as a Cockney Crew. Again, so. I'm trying to make up bullishness now, and I'm trying to. <laughs> I'm trying to pretend but it's, uh, it's, 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 it's. Uh, it, yeah, it's just a. It was just an odd start to the day for mine. I was just mm. really last night. I was getting distracted on uh, on Insta Instagram, Instagram, <laughs> Instagram, yeah. and bloody all sorts. Of, I was reading. I, I'm a full bottle on uh, Campbell Chesser, the West Coast Eagles draft. Oh yeah, and he's oversized Guernsey. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people really upset about that on Twitter. I don't know why I read the comments. I make a point of not reading. comments. Mate, I must say, Castor, no good. 
I thought it was like a joke, like they had put a big jump on him on purpose. Or oh, I, I doubt it. But oh. that, anyway, I've had lots of issues. Anyway, but uh, yeah, so it was just it was a, it was hard to get really rolling into the form. So I was using some distractions late last night. But uh, so race two wasn't probably some of my best work. So we'll try to get better as we move into the card. Race three, the Drum and Golf Handicap, twelve hundred meters, seventy eight plus, and a bit more talent. Well, a bit bit more uh, top end talent engaged in this one, Guru. Certainly is. Um, Mervyn leads back to the 78 plus. Nice use of the claim, only mm-hmm. up a kilo and a half um, from racing in the black type races. Charge, you'd think that the Ganjemis have put do run, do run, run on to do run, basically. I suspect it lands outside of Mervyn. The one thing that suggests is that they should be stopping and it should suit those horses. Uh, Rearwood or, or making ground, um, happy to take on all day session. It was going so well, but had that six-week break, so I don't think it's maybe going as well now. Even if it is, I still think it's a, it's a tough old setup for it. Uh, Brooklyn Pier didn't turn up last start. Um, look, we're just shirking this year. It basically comes down to secret plan, triple missile, watch the race 10 times, watch the turns. Thought Mitchie Pateman gave triple missile every chance. I thought they learned into it the same. I just think secret plan was one length better. Length and a half better. The fact it's drawn two spots inside triple missile, the fact, um, look, it's a Bob Peters, Cerise and White up-and-comer that's a 78 rater in a 78 plus. And I often talk about the up-and-comers really stay on their handicap for very long. So, um, yeah, I, I'm expecting Pikey to get it done on secret plan. If he can sprint from around the same spot as triple missile, he'll get it done. But money's coming. Again, the prices are just – What are we talking, sorry, mate? Well, I'm pretty sh- – I'm pretty – I was surprised how short I got him, to be honest with you. I thought I was a little bit too – um too short potentially. I was two fifteen. Mm-hmm. He's two ten across the board. Ooh, at the okay. I'll so see. we we hold. I mean, last start, everyone loves the flavor of the month. Last start, it was um, triple missile. We got smashed, and Will Chan on secret plan with the big drifters. And now this time, because secret plan was a lot better, it's everyone sort of just following. And it's fair enough. It does make sense. You you do the form, but um, yeah. Look, I'm I'm on two two thirty two forty two fifty. I'll get involved and with Will Chan uh, with. Uh, triple missile and resort man engaged. I'm presuming I might see that. So, well, plus before we jump into, what price are you plutocracy? Uh, but Don't think it can win, but from a place perspective, like I, I was, I, I didn't realize what it got out to. I was fifteen dollars plutocracy. <laughs> I was fourteen. Yeah, right. How's that? There you yeah. go. It's thirty fours and five fifty. Where I'm looking here, that mm-hmm. might be fake odds. Um, but. Yeah, again, I don't think the uh, 460 is probably a fair place price across the board. I don't think you're winning the race. I think you're probably running fourth. Yep. Um, but sometimes you back a horse, you're going to think it's going to run fourth at five bucks a hole because that's pretty good value and all it takes is one of those other three not to turn up. So, um, yeah, plutocracy looks uh, a bit of value at 30-odd to one, but it's secret plan for me, BJ. Secret plan as well for me. Actually, I wouldn't be surprised to see – Pikey be a bit more positive on secret plan rather than just let him sort of drop out. There's a spot there. There's a spot there if he comes across with uh, charge and um, he can, he can uh, basically just – and because, you know, Urban's like, he just – so fast and I imagine Katie Southam's just going to be holding on for a lot of the race and the, and if secret plan's back, if he needs – if he Merv, just take uh, take Luke some of the – Luke say he's going to be slightly more circumspect on Merv this week. We're okay. going to give him instructions to be slightly more – But, but, even, but even, if, even if uh, Kesh – Wants to be, um, you know, wants to be attacking on charge, and it's going to create pressure, isn't it? So, yeah. for me, I think that Pikey can come across with charge, slot in, get the drop on him, and um, have about two, two, two and a half, three lengths on triple missile and straightening, and too good. Yeah, I'm happy with that, but I'm, I'm I'd be just as happy with bloody dropping it out to um, 
to last and sprinting alongside triple missile. You know, the, you know, the other day, I, I, Pikey hung his head on. You know, he does that thing yep. where he hung. Yep, I saw he that. He knows that he should have won that race. Like, no, there, why he should have won that race? There's a there's a moment. Yeah, if that a, race goes for that was twelve hundred, right? Yeah. If that race goes for twelve hundred and eighty meters, Will Channer still wins. I don't reckon it was taking ground off that hard in the line, like everyone reckons. Yeah, th- there was a moment where Pikey had the the rails run, and then Holly Watson came across yeah. and took his run on Son of a God, and it just lost. sort of pratted him a touch. Oh, yeah. And that was the, that was a moment. Don't forget, it was only zero. Zero would have upheld that in the railway stakes. <laughs> How many times did you see that replay yeah, in the lead up? To it? <laughs> I loved it. Anyway, Will deserved to win, but in Pikey's mind, I think he believed he should have won that race, right? Yeah. So, and that's, that's, and you can just judge by his body language on mm-hmm. the line. Uh, so, Secret Plan is a very, very promising, very exciting sprinter, as is Triple Missile. I thought Triple Missile was good considering he had to sustain a, a run. Mitchie Pateman had to go wider, and uh, Secret Plan followed the fence. So, Clint Johnston Porter's. Probably a good booking for the type 100%. of horse that Triple Missile is. Mm-hmm. But for me, I just think Secret Plan is going to have field position on him and they can pretty much – there's not a lot between them when it comes to closing speed. So I don't know if Triple Missile is going to be able to get over the top of him. So Secret Plan for me. Funny, isn't it, Resort Man? Big boom horse. Everyone wants to be on every start and we're not even really talking about it. So nice enough try, a bit erratic in the try. Yeah, right? still. No, no, no shades on. But I think Resort Man at its best uh, still probably runs third here, to yeah, be honest with yeah. you. So even fourth, I, I think Plutocracy is going really, really well. So um, I, I would have been happy, happy to back Plutocracy on a one-by-five. Even it, if that prize holds and Secret Plan never gets to, to the quote I'm after, um, I, I probably will look at backing Plutocracy place heavy, mm. like in a one-by-eight basis or something. Like I'm 215, um, I'm for high fours for triple myself in the gate. I'm about nine bucks resort, man, and then, um, yeah, I said 14 bucks Plutocracy. So. Plutocracy's uh, replay watches, Plutocracy's Colonel Reeves run was a lot better than the 4.2 lengths that it looks like on yep. the line as well. I mean, I was a bunch finished, but he got uh, chopped out at a crucial stage there. So. Certainly did. Holly's another one like Secret Plan that could try to um, come across mm. and slot in one run. I think if they go back, they're admitting defeat. But if she comes across and lobs on the back of charge and gets a little head start on the other ones with 53 and a half. Plutocracy doesn't win many, but... Was and, and really good. It wouldn't win at sixty plus, but then it would come up to a listed race and go super as well. Like it seems to just race to the grade it's in. So and twelve hundred is probably not its exactly right. Probably not yep, its sorry, but exact, yep. exactly right. So yep. that's that may be one reason they do perhaps go cold rather than getting having to do some work over a distance area. A slight query on, but um, yeah. Look, secret plan for me. I'm praying we're gonna get the price, but you know what, BJ, we won't. <laughs> race. I, I just don't think we will. Hey, I just don't think we will. I can triple missile. They're not getting out to four eighty something and. You'll have the opportunity to butter off if you want, but mm. yeah, I'm just gonna pray. Race four, Tab Touch West Speed Platinum Series Final, one hundred thousand dollars on the table, fourteen hundred um, meters. Let's talk about the price of no white flag. Oh, Terry. just, just <laughs> you're kidding me. I've, I've, we've, we've recorded the. I don't think I meant to say that. Run, we meant to pretend we're live. We recorded the bet fair edge early. Um, Spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah, I don't, actually, I'm not meant to say that. I don't think. Anyway, who cares? I never understand why that matters. Um, so I think in that show we probably referred to it at three bucks, but so I've um, I've sent me man up to the up to the tab to um, uh, have something on, um, which I'm allowed to do because I didn't back it on my own account, Brad. If you're listening, hello. Um, and um, it kept saying bet rejected, bet rejected, bet rejected, bet rejected, bet rejected. Didn't get one cent on, and I was quite upset. I thought that the tab was being playing funny buggers. 
I get the feeling that there might have been a another WA racing analyst at a different tab somewhere and might have beaten me to it, hopping into it. So, uh, yes, the price, it was just, it was four bucks and um, I was sent out a message to a bowler and just said, you know, 350 plus would be great. And, um, yeah, by the time he comes back, I got a tiny stake at $2.80 average. So it was, uh, yeah, tough to watch the price going this morning. I must admit I... I uh, I was hoping or thinking it would hold up a little bit longer, but um, yeah, it must have been fairly popular and rightly so this morning with no white flag, BJ. So, will it recover the price? Yeah, pop back out. Give me some three bucks. <laughs> what price were you? Uh, oh, I'm already. Oh man, we should discuss the race first, shouldn't we? And see if we can get it beaten. I wasn't. I was high twos actually. I was a dollar eighty. Really? Yeah, I was just factoring in a bit of a. Uh, Bit of a bit of a question mark, but um, I might have overinflated the oh, holy holy enchantment holy enchantment sort of danger. I've got a really big opinion of holy enchantment. I don't know if that's justified or not. So, yeah, well, it should improve off that run. But um, look, the reason I was oh, this is the one I just saw best of the day. Let's just hop into this. Let's just absolutely do some damage to the no white to no white flag here is because um, first up, I actually think it stepped pretty similar first and second up. The difference was there was no speed in the race first up, so it enabled Sean McGrady to, to pump into him. Um, Chris Parnham did. It was a slightly worse beginning second up, but he really mustered nicely, and it was just ultimate command, no surrender. Uh, there was one other speed horse in the race I can't quite remember, um, but they got across him, and with these Machino stock, and especially a bloke who's been taught to – to roll from the top in all of his trials and races, he was that's just not what they like to do. So. They were going so fast as well, and he he couldn't hold him. Yeah. So mate, what's going to happen is um, here if he misses the kick again, which is a big chance because once a horse does it, they do it again. He just muster through. Like who's going to do? Captain Berg was the biggest danger, which never Parnham has put cash on. I don't know if he knew he couldn't claim at that stage. Mm. Um, but you got cash. Is Captain Burglar the biggest danger to the top? I mean, it's not that quick at all. You can watch, you can go back and watch the race um, on the 30th of October and it was Deus and No White Flag. Um, Deus, sorry, and Captain Burglar who have, um, were settled second, second and third. third yeah. And No White Flag has just got so much more acceleration than that pair, especially the fact you're up to 1,400. They might even go back on Deus, who knows. So, um, yeah, look, I think Sean McGrady can miss and still roll. They'll be very intent to do so. Um, I I don't just think it'll win either. I think it'll I think it'll demo. Do, I think this will be a proper demolition. Yeah. I reckon this could win by. I'm going to go for. I reckon it'll go by six or seven. I think they can put them away. Yeah, margins. Yeah, I was going to say two or three, but I feel like today we've just got a fair bit more outlandish. <laughs> we've just got to go a bit over the top. Six okay. or seven, just but conser think, conservative but, six yeah, or seven. Um, as I said, the biggest thing for me now is waiting for uh, for Betfair and, and hoping that um, the price recovers. Holy, as you said, Holy Enchantment, Standout Rose, Beat the Brothers, a couple of horses they might back. Deus with Pikey on, but um, yeah, I might have might have kept a, a bit safe. I, I was I was two seventy five now at flag, but. Yep. Uh, mm -hmm. That was a good price this morning. It was probably not a good price. Well, now. no, and it's not. Look, no, some, but no, some, no, so much a good mate, price. Some you know people I mean. will look at its last run and say, "Well, it didn't give much in yeah. the straight, and whatnot." I'm one thing I do with my puntings. I'm very forgiving if a horse doesn't race to its pattern. Mm. I'm almost happy just to put a line through it completely. And maybe I'm maybe I've gone a bit too far. Maybe I'm a bit bit over the top. But um, yeah, I think if you middle out two prices, you've probably got a fair quote. Um, I think when he couldn't do what he wanted to do, he just had a he just had a tantrum, the horse, you know, we just threw yeah. the toys out the cot. And then by the stage, by the time Chris asked him to go again, that it was, he was, you know, he'd run out of fuel by that stage of proceedings. So. Speaking of tantrums, you should have seen me after the last yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> no, How were you after the last on Saturday, speaking oh. of tantrums? 
Uh, I'll be honest, I don't know. I won't not, I won't tell you the figure, but I have that going for my biggest ever day on the punt, biggest ever collection. What did you have going? Uh, Treasure Four, Star. Five leg multi, wasn't it? Flying missile. Um, just the five wheel beyond. <laughs> and that was honestly God has chosen was the last. I was just going to go a four legger or put the four into Angela. And I just thought, no, you know what? Last of the day, I've got to go the hero. Hero. So I took my five. Um, my five I liked. Uh, I can only go tight. I can't get multis on, so I just took top tight. Um, so I got the four folds and the, the five folds and, um, yeah, I had it going for a small fortune, an absolute small fortune. And it was a difficult, difficult watch, but, um, I find that I'm, I'm very, I'm a lot better than I used to be. <laughs> we, we punt so much, like, especially this way. I mean, there's, yeah, there's big goes every day, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So yeah, you get over it, but, um, yeah, Cause, there'll, be, cause, there'll be plenty more of them too. Don't you worry about that, BJ. When, when there'll, I, be, there'll be plenty more of those tough beats. When I saw you and your crew leaving before the last, I, uh, you, I, you, I didn't get a choice in that. You, you let me know uh, what the what you were hoping would happen and the reasons why, and it just looked like that you were all set to pay for everyone's everyone's dinner. And I, I, uh, I, I, wonder, I was going to ask you whether you got left with the bill. <laughs> I did actually, yeah, I did. I did get left with the bill still. Um, lovely little place we went to actually, which I can't remember that clearly, but um, no, lovely, nice, nice glass of red wine. Um, yeah, no, it was a tough old watch uh, to proceedings and we'll, we'll probably get to that horse again pretty shortly, won't we? But no white flag, BJ, I, I think you're punting on it finding the front. Okay. Um, so you've got to determine a price on that and I think it's about $1.30 to find the front with the lack of speed in this. It's a race I went into thinking, oh, no white flag, I might be able to take it on here. So mm. I went into it with the mindset, let's look at taking it on. Did a speed map and I thought, what price can I get? <laughs> you know, so that that's that's how simple it came down to. Trusting Toddy Harvey to have him right, like Sean McGrady going back on, gets him out the gates better than most. Earmuff's on as well, so I that, love might, that might just love bit, of, earmuff. bit of zen, yep. bit of zen for uh, no white flag on mm-hmm. that day. So. Standout Rose, my clear second pick as well. I Oh, when I say clear, I've got it probably pretty close to Holy Enchantment, a bit like you, but mm. um, yes, it's, um, it's no white flag with confidence. Very good. Yeah. Let's take a break and we'll uh, come back with our Travis Murray versus Lockie Taylor, episode 104, Mundaring Hotel, WA Racing Mastermind. All right, it is now time for the uh, Mundaring Hotel's WA Racing Mastermind competition, BJ. Thanks, Guru. That is correct. The, Mund- the Mundaring, it's been the heart of the hills since 1899. You can find it up in Jacoby Street, Mundaring. You get a chance, swing past, see the publican, Ian Butchie O'Connor. It's very important that you track him down, let him know that you listen to the one one and have a good chat to him. He loves a chin wag, does our man Butchie, and he loves uh, talking racing to his to the one one faithful up there at the Mundaring. Good weather to be setting on his deck at the moment, isn't it? Hundred percent, hundred percent. So last week, the OG mastermind Travis Murray, we finally were able to get him on the show. And uh, he showed us what he could do. Mm, he uh, he uh, got the job done first up against carryover champ Kyle Potter. This week, though, Terry, this week. Well, we've had some pretty – just before you get into it, we've had some pretty poor weeks. So we've had some really, really we, – we, we had some big names. We had your Roonies, your Olmuses. We've had some really good contenders um, throughout. I felt the last few weeks we've really scraped the barrel. So I'm really excited about today's matchup. A couple of real astute analysts. Let's get let's yeah. Well, the thing is, Terry, is we're about to welcome someone who was right on top of the racing world on Saturday. Channel Ten, free to air TV, 
seen in TV, in, tele, in lounge rooms across the nation, and now he's dropping back a grade or two and he's rejoining us here at the 1-1 WA Racing Podcast. Welcome back, Lockie Taylor. Hey, boys. G'day, Trav. How are we? Hey, Lockie. Lockie, uh, first of all, well done on your job on uh, Saturday. As I actually messaged you privately and it felt sick doing so, giving you credit for something. I don't know why because I actually do quite like you, but I prefer to take the mickey out of you. I thought you did a tremendous job. Um, yeah, thoroughly enjoyed your analysis. Um, I've heard a rumour, though, that you've been walking around with a stick most of the week, but, uh, just in case, uh, just to beat off all the women that are, uh, that are coming your way, Lockie. So is there any, is there any truth to that? I wish there was some truth to that, but um, yeah, I can't say there is. Not at the moment anyway. It was only day one, so he's hoping. <laughs> uh, Travis, uh, you must be excited. You had uh, one of your runners back in action yesterday. Probably didn't go as well as you'd hoped, but um, is the Travis Murray team of ownership, are they about to uh, to let loose? Are we about to see a big uh, Murray wave through the uh, the summer carnival, the, the arse end of the summer carnival? Oh. Uh, we're, we're coming through. I don't have as many as I used to anymore. The uh, sold one and um, retired another, but there's a couple of unraced ones coming up soon and Lugia flies the flag there at the moment. But, yeah, he's going to want to improve on what he did yesterday. People people want to know, Trav, were you responsible for Fuhrer getting his name changed to the dictator? Well, I was responsible for his initial name. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, controversial. <laughs> Controversial. <laughs> so he's gone to the new ownership. He's changed names, and uh, now he's he's um, known as the dictator for for, a, mm. for new connections. But Fura was one of your uh, charges, one of uh, the leading the charge for the uh, Travis Murray team. But um, of course, we cannot uh, forget that Travis is a shareholder in the one and only Clairvoyance. Has there been any updates from Impressive Racing, Travis, about Clairvoyance? I'm sure a lot of our listeners want to know where uh, where this superstar. Sprinting mare is that? I uh, can't let too much out of the bag, but there are plenty of people would have seen her at Lark Hills the last few weeks um, doing some light work. So everything good so far, all positive. Uh, don't really like receiving emails about her because usually they're uh, not so good lately. But uh, yeah, the this prep so far has gone really well. Now I saw you uh, briefly Railway Stakes Day last Saturday, Trav. How was how was the day, and um, what was it like getting around headquarters, being the WA Racing mastermind? <laughs> oh well, it wasn't as uh, clinical performance as I wanted last week. So there was a few people on my back saying oh, I need to improve and I better do better second up. Um, but it was a really good day out at Ascot, favourite day of the year, uh, and it was a winners galore. So it was, it was nice. Favourite day of the year, I concur with that. Just mm. a boxing day, a close second. Love getting up and watching the cricket early doors and cracking one and getting into it. But I think it's time we get into the mastermind. Um, yeah, we've got no Pete Ath on this this week for the, the great intro, but I'll, I'll do my uh, I'll do my very best, BJ. Don't forget, fellas, your names are your buzzers. And, your buzzers and uh, names. to be crowned this week's mastermind, you need to be the first person to answer three questions correctly. You both know how to play. Let's go, Guru. Okay. Challenger, are you ready? Oh, good to go. <laughs> I don't think it was worth laughing. I mean, look at the cha- Channel 10 celebrity now. Oh, my God. I used to know you, hey. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm taking back the invite to my party. Uh, mastermind, are you ready? Ready, Gary. All right. Three, two, one. Who am I? 
I ran in three black type races, the Supremacy, the Perth Stakes and the Karakata Plate before I broke my maiden status at Northam in late 2018. Six months later, I went on to win the Raconteur Stakes. This week, this weekend, I become one of very few to have competed in all three of WA's current Group 1 races. Patrick Carberry has been my hoop in every race or trial I've competed in. Travis? Up night. Cup night. Cup is. Night Jeez, I'm is. Glad you, I thought that was an easy one, so I didn't write anything else after that line. So I was like, if no one gets it by that stage, then they don't deserve it. So, Lockie, you got a, you got a bad line there, buddy. Yeah, must have. Yeah, okay. Hopefully I'm driving into better reception. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Travis, Murray won. Lockie Taylor yet to score. Yes, cup night, of course. Going to uh, try and win the winch mm. bottom first up on Sunday. Now, that would be extraordinary from uh, like Bernie it. Miller and Patrick Carberry in the camp. So good luck to Connections. Next question, gentlemen. What year did Rock Magic compete in his first Winterbottom State? Travis. Travis. Uh, 2016. Incorrect. Uh, Lockie Taylor for the steal. 2014? No. Oh, bang. 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 That's impressive, Lockman. Just return he, serve. He's no doubt had time to chuck that in the Chris website and have a look at it's it. It's probably up on his note. His, it's on his notes for yeah, uh, his <laughs> Channel 10 mounting out he's report. Been, he's been studying. Oh, yeah, exactly right. <laughs> yeah. I thought he was studying from the master <laughs> since about 4 a.m., but one all. Come on, Travis. You said you were going to be more clinical today. All right. <laughs> Name the horse that started the $1.75 favourite in last year's Winterbottom. Lucky. Lucky. Trekking. Trekking it was. It was trekking. No interstaters this year. All right. Lucky two. Lucky two. Travis one. Next question. In 2017, the JRA trophy was known as the Tattersall's Cup. Who piloted Trap for Fools to victory that year? Lucky. Oh, Lucky. Lucky Taylor. Douglas White. Oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> He's driven into some better reception, clearly. That's uh, that's an impressive little finish there. Well done, Lockie Taylor. That was uh, – I underestimated you, mate. Too good. See, look, look what Channel 10's done to him. It's just really made him rise to the occasion. He'd have, he'd have a real shit-eating grin on his face. <laughs> <as well. laughs> Travis, Travis Murray, thank you for uh, – I know that you're a very busy man and that you give up your uh, work time to join us here on the 1-1, but thanks, mate, and um, – yeah, that $100 gift voucher to the Mundaring is in the post. And um, thanks again for, for joining us on the Mastermind. All right, guys. Well done, Lockie. <laughs> well done. Well done. All right, wasn't it? Yeah, it certainly was. No, tremendous effort, Lockie. And uh, I'm sure we'll get you back next week. But uh, quick word on Caracapo on Saturday. Uh, you couldn't be any happier, as we quickly spoke about with the barrier draw. Um, should be able to tag Will Chino. Hopefully you get a nice rail hot day type thing. And um, dearie me, I, I reckon he's not impossible to run a, a definitely top half of the field uh, type of effort from the from the gate. Yeah, well, we can all dream. He's the price he is for a reason, but the horse himself couldn't be any better. I just walked past his yard 15 minutes ago and he looked Unreal. I don't think we could have him any better. Mm-hmm. So hopefully he's about to run the race of his life. And, um, yeah, watch out first night life if he does. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the team's informed, Lock. Three winners from your last six runners. So so Berrikino, is it Berrikino? Cross-statement, Traverne. 
Yeah, well, we were struggling for a little bit. We had had a run of out, plenty of horses running second and third for about a month, month and a half. And um, yeah, funny how things quickly turn and you don't change anything. But yeah, it's just like we're, we're back up and about again, which is good. Bill coming up Millhouse for Lockie Taylor, isn't Millhouse. it? Yeah, that's Millhouse. a Simpsons reference. Oh, um, so, mate, yeah, good luck with uh, Caracalpo. Good luck uh, Channel 10 with uh, your sister Brittany and Scotty Embry and the team there, free-to-wear coverage of uh, day two of the Masters series. And, uh, mate, you're once again the WA Racing Mastermind. Congratulations. Sounds good. Definitely a, a rising guy since that Kieran Evans on the show. <laughs> <laughs> We've gone from um, maidens at Albany to, uh, oh, what's this, a class two at Belmont. Yeah, I mean, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not going too far. It's definitely not black talk, hey, don't, don't get Don't get ahead of yourself and bloody Albany maiden. <laughs> that embraces, that embraces it, it more. Huh? Yeah, I was going to say it's a picnic meeting, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Lockie, well done, mate. And thanks again, Trav. Big boy. Thanks, guys. Yeah, what did you think of that? Yeah, impressive. Lockie's, um, Lockie's fairly sharp, I reckon. So there were a couple of questions in there, like the Dougie White one. That's I thought that had Murray written all over it. That well, I reckon that had neither written yeah. all over it. I mean, you asked me those before, and I, I was nowhere near um, the Dougie White question. But um, it's funny, the easiest one of the lot was probably for me was probably the who am I with Cut Night, and they both took a bit longer than expected. But no, ominous. I mean, we, we – um, yeah, we got Lockie in this week, and I don't know we're going to have people uh, lining up to take on L Taylor next week. We might need another sibling matchup. Mate, we we put out the uh, we put out the announcement on Twitter last night. We're looking, we're clamouring for, for contestants. Mm. Uh, people are very reluctant. This week is the word. People are after. very reluctant to have a crack. So some people have tagged a few few uh, racing personalities mm-hmm. in the in the tweet. But um, seriously, if you do want to have a go. Um, this isn't a closed shot. We're look, we're actually looking for contestants, and, and the reason why we have to sort of keep doubling back to people that have been on the show before is that uh, I guess a lack of people being piss forthcoming. Week. Piss week. Piss week. That's it. I'll state one word, and that's uh, piss week. So if you fancy yourself as a, as a mastermind, mate, we're more than happy to get you on the show to have a crack. And uh, and yeah, it's a hundred dollar gift voucher to the Mundaring on the table, as well as bragging rights. So uh, if you can give up some time on a Thursday morning for a 10 minutes with BJ and the Guru, then uh, hit us up, Twitter, at the11pod, let us know. We'd like to go back to Toby Dunn at some stage. I thought he was stiff to he, run into I, the red I, I started, Oh, really? I started texting Toby Dunn today and then Lockie replied uh, to me. So, yeah, he's yeah. one I'd love to see on again because I reckon he's capable of going the five-banger. Just going bang, 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 bang. Oh, well, Lockie Taylor, the new WA Racing Mark. Once again. He's once been, again, yeah, yeah, once yeah, again, yeah. the yeah. WA Racing Mastermind, courtesy of the Mundaring Hotel. scalps as well. He's knocked off, obviously, his sister Brett. Now he's knocked <laughs> off uh, Travis Murray. That's a couple of who big scalps. Who beat couple of big scalps. But Was that was Fraser? It, I think it was, it was the Fraser. H-train. It was H-Train. Jeez, looking back, that's a – then again, the H-Train won four on the best, he did. didn't he? Yeah. 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 He, he set the standard, didn't he? He did set yeah. the standard, yeah. 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 So, uh, yeah, that's his uh, – so, yeah, Heart of the Hills 18, since 1899. Get up there and support our uh, the good folk up there at the Mundaring Hotel. And we're back, race five, Winterbottom Stakes Day. It's the Crown Towers handicap, 1,400 metres. We were just having a, having a chat about a horse by the name of God Has Chosen, who, um, yeah, was the talk of the track after the last, last Saturday. There was lots and lots of people who were uh, all aboard the, uh, the Wizard in the Get Out Stakes and um, 
just couldn't quite squeeze through the gap, could he? Uh, got I'm surprised into a- with a timely outburst. I know that God has chosen was well supported, so things had to drift. But timely outburst got out to eight, nine bucks um, and got it soft in front. Give it a yelp. That, no. that surprised me how the market knew that to some degree. I know a lot of that drift was to do with God has chosen. But well, uh, considering her peak form, like yeah, just former and good yeah. horses and then as well. Double Jeopardy came out in the morning, which meant there was one less speed yeah. horse, and the only other speed horse was a stable mate, and they'd be aware of that. Yeah, it's just a funny little drift there. On um, yeah, they know. They knew. And, but, um, and laugh for all the first up runs the second or third. I just had a chat to Laney. I just an hour or two earlier, yeah. and um, oh, you said oh, you got laugh roller, and like he wasn't. And I could tell he wasn't just trying to give. I don't think he really expected a huge amount. So, so got us, good on him. Got us chosen. Desperately unlucky. Life roller. Let's rip with the second or third fastest last two hundred of the day to win. I actually think, Yeah, and the horse. Do you know who the horse that probably took the biggest knock from that was Vedette to Star. The way the race was run, it, you'd, you'd like to think it goes closer than it did. Yeah, might just be a thousand meter horse. Perhaps. Yeah, need to wait for a yeah. barrier. A thousand meters. Macanto would have won. Yeah, I think if it found a gap. Um, but I actually watched the replay a bit later over that glass of red wine, and um, I thought God has chosen. I was like, oh, maybe it was a bit disappointing. Got the chance to watch the head-on um, on no. Monday. Uh, dearie me. <laughs> I like, wasn't disappointing, no. No, it was a bloody dodge All I'll say is from all say, two things. One, all I'll say, as this goes for two hours, um, <laughs> God has chosen. First of all, Pikey, if he cooks one, and I don't think it was his fault. I just think the gaps were there. Um, if, if he doesn't have much luck, he tends to right the wrong the very next start. Um, but number two is this horse from barrier two is going to be maybe three the fence here um, or something close to that. Um, it's either way, the way God has chosen races, it, it, it's going to need a little bit of luck still from, from, the, from that gate. So $1.75, that's, that's a little bit thin. So he's just learning, learning his craft. So if, if horses are coming around him, cramping mm. him for room, he's got to learn. Pikey's going to have to teach him how to, how to um, get out. But I think it was just very unfortunate. The gap was there when Pikey went for it. And then I think there was a horse of Maley's, was it Skin and Tins, who came out, which created movement, which basically meant the, the, there was you know, five horses trying to squeeze into four lanes at, a very, at that stage of the straight. And it was very uh, unfortunate for the many, many folk who uh, supported God has chosen. But, um, yeah, so I just think no no surrender and Sun Sun sort of rolling out in front, setting a genuine clip, just sets it up for, for God has chosen and, and Pikey just to, to do his thing. It's interesting. You're worried that a fairy fast, Mr. Mount Walker, try for us comes across. You're worried a couple of those get in front or do you reckon he can hold the back of the speed up before? He, he comfortably held this the, a good position over 1,200 last Saturday. They went slowly over 1,200. That's the one thing. But, um, yeah, yeah, especially with more experience you're riding. Yeah. yeah. I just think it's, just, it's up to the, the whiz, obviously. If they want to come across at speed, then I'm sure he'd be happy to uh, let them – let them come across him and he can keep them in his sights and gun them down late. What I, what I will say is he came off the, the high of uh, uh, Guineas and Railway and then his last Bright two rides with Bright Diamond, yeah. <laughs> Bright Diamond and God has chosen. So racing uh, is, uh, is at the great mm. level. Like you saw it there in, in the quaddy basically I at us last Sunday. So, but, yeah, what price – Got us chosen for you. Well, I'm two ten. Yeah, probably as long as I could have got it. Yeah, um, I was yeah. A, I was a flat two dollars. Yeah, was- it's probably a bet price two twenty two thirty for me, which I don't think we'll get. It's a very popular horse with punters. Clearly, yeah. Um, yeah, it's just a it's just it's just always at a sticky sort of spot. I don't really go back against it. Sun Sun from the Breeze, I think, can run a race. Might yeah. need to hit out. And uh, as again, I've, I was big on the Figazi last start, obviously, and um, I think it was a total forgive run. Yep. Um, yeah, but again, it's it's going to be. 
alongside God has chosen in the run. It's just about it's going to need the luck and God has chosen is not going to need the luck and then you're going to have to forgive the Fugazi. So you've got a lot of things that line up. Yep. But if, if God has chosen jumps $1.70, I'm sure something else will present as a bet and um, I'll have a look at the pattern of the day. But, um, yeah, look, hopefully God has chosen gets to 230 Hopefully there's some Sun Sun money. It's a good rating source. So hopefully Sun Sun's a, uh, a runner who's supported. But I'm not holding my breath. I'm going to see the price I want. We got us chosen. Yeah, I suspect it's going to be pretty hard in the in the red. Got us chosen. <laughs> One thing before we leave this race is a horse number nine, truly reliable, which I believe is going to win its share of races moving mm. forward. This isn't its race on Sunday, clearly, but a horse. I thought its first up run was really good. This is a horse worth following from the uh, Ray Vincent yard. Uh, ran in some of those three odd features during the winter. The um, who am I? Yes. Yes, that's right. <laughs> Ray, Ray Vincent. Um, Does a good job. Who did who did Tina Kutu trade him in? Uh, Baron Over. He just couldn't pinch one of the staying features. Aquanita. Yeah. Belmont Classic. Yeah. Who was who was competing that master? That was Tommy Johnson and Kevin here uh, Evans, wasn't it? I've erased that for Yeah, me. That's right. Honest, the yeah. the Lou yeah, Vincent. Yeah, yeah I've erased I've <laughs> I've erased that. <laughs> anyway, honest, yeah. keep an eye on Truly Reliable. It's a horse that's uh, that's going places, uh, hopefully for Ray Vincent, who's mm-hmm. uh, doing a good job with his team. But uh, for all intents and purposes, this does, does look uh, got his chosen sort of benefit on Saturday. All right, race number six, the Tab Touch Regional Championship Final, the road to Ascot. And now we, we cannot complain about a difficult race after I've just complained about all the races being oh, the favourites looking too obvious. Uh, this is... This is what it's all about. I love this race every year. I really do love this race every year. So obviously I do a lot of my work concentrating in the country. So I got a bit of a got a bit of a head start in that sense. And the form of the horses is all a bit probably fresher in my mind than some. But um what did you come up with here, Beach? Talk me, talk me through it. Did you did you did you look at the jurisdictions and who where you thought was the best form out of the three jurisdictions? Did you how did, how did you go about the Tab Touch Regional Championship <laughs> final? Hundred thousand uh, dollars. I would normally defer to you on this sort of stuff, Terry. But I have been watching quite a bit of Albany, uh, sorry, of Geraldton this season, uh, and the back end of Kalgoorlie from another little side gig that I do. So um, I'm actually watching the replays and keeping a close eye on these type of horses. Not necessarily betting into those meetings, but definitely keep watching them. I've just been really taken with significant heroes return. So I thought his first up win was huge. Second up. Probably should have won again, and I think Stevie Parnham from Gate 8, as long as he doesn't get back to last, I think significant hero, uh, that was the way I went. I think he's uh, going to be really hard to beat. Kendall's my dad, a winning, winning chance again, but, but again, it's going to have to do it with 60, 61 and a half, and um, there's probably a handful of the 30 runners that are probably going to be fighting out the finish as well. But for me, the way that significant hero is performing in Geraldton, he can uh, he can come to uh, Ascot and make his presence felt. Yeah, that first up win was uh, surreal. It was more surreal the fact that um, that was Melbourne Cup day and I was having one of the worst days in the punt of all time, and it got me out of trouble. At big drift, it was a big price. Yeah, I took some eight bucks. I had yeah. three dollars twenty. Yeah. Um, I took some oh, seven fifty, even whatever the early price was, and uh, topped me bet up late at twenty eight dollars on Betfair. I can't tell you the last time I backed one that drifted like that, um, especially one. So it was uh, yeah, quite incredible to come from last. But I thought the most recent performance was better. Yeah. So that run there, they fanned across the track, and you sort of set up for something to to make grand like that. But um, it's most recent run, you're Delago to Hero and uh, Warm and Fuzzy, who's flying mm-hmm. um, in Geraldton at the moment since Ashley Malley's taken over um, out in front, and it was always 
going to be a map it couldn't win on because they were stronger horses. They were better mapped um, in regards to there being less speed. They weren't going to bunch up. But for it to hit the line like it did was, um, yeah, was absolutely super. The worry of a significant hero is uh, it's a fresh horse. Yeah. That's the worry. I, I might maybe because he's only had it for a couple of campaigns now. Maybe that isn't a thing. Five. Maybe, he's only five. Yeah, two, maybe that yeah. isn't a thing. But that, that's that's that, that's the worry for me. I mean, six. It's three wins have been first up. It's three seconds have been second up, and it's only um, been placed once in seven other starts. But sometimes that can be a little bit coincidental. Some of those figures. So um, I wouldn't a hundred percent. Lock in that it's just a fresh horse, but yeah, look, it's the one that should be taking ground off them late. Um, but I, I like to just, uh, as I said before, you look at the three areas. I've got Albany as the third, the, the third of the strings. Um, Kalgoorlie always is the best, but it's just these horses have been up for so long, they feel like they're coming towards the end of long campaigns. Um, so, the, I think four of them are 28 days between runs. The only Kalgoorlie heat competitor who's raced since was Elsina, who won at Esperance the other day. Yeah, one really well. One of five for Lisa Staples. Yeah. We've got a shout, uh, shout out to Lisa. Yep. That's shout huge. out to Lisa. We should give a shout out to Ryan Hill as well. I went to that pre-show actually. He's uh, retired, I believe. And really? Benny, Benny Patterson. Yeah, I think he's uh, taken up a role. I think he's in a train. Um, jockey so jockey trainer or just trainer? No, just training. Yeah, right. Yep. Oh, so we should get him on the show. 100% we yeah. should. Yeah, he's quite the character. You used mm. to listen to him and um, Brad Parnham's podcast as yeah. well. Um, but yes, I, I traditionally have Kalgoorlie as the number one um, uh, jurisdiction where the best form comes from. Pete Fernie wins this race more often than not. Uh, but yeah, it is a bit of a, a bit of a worry with um, those horses being a month between runs to some degree, and drawn wide, um, yeah, and where they're drawn and just been up forever as well. I don't, I don't know, I don't know how strong it all is. It's just I'm all looking at the fact copping points has gone down. One, it's my uh, trial so well. Didn't I backed you, it first, back it first. Up and it was just horrid. Like, it went horrid. And then it's come out and it's won a pretty, pretty, it's regional championship. Hey, that was pretty weak. Little Punga's got to the breeze. Star Authorizer's has come from last, was run of the race. Um, so that that's oh, that, that's sort of why I'm looking at the Albany form as maybe the third elect. Like mm -hmm. I, yeah, I do like the candles, me dad. I like Kaz Kazi's run as well. Yep. Looks super. Um, far better on speed. But if this was 1,400, not 12, I'd probably be looking there. Oh, look, yeah, Significant Hero is the one coming in with the best recent runs, Yeah. Um, whether it can reproduce in town, whether it gets the right run because it will get back. That's how it does its best race and you don't want it to be too close to them. But, look, I'm, I'm a little bit surprised by the price. I'm going to go with the Peter Fernie run. I'm going to go with William Pike. I'm going to just – I'm going to simplify this, BJ. Peter Fernie's got three in the race. Um, Scan Dolo is – with Pike going on, you'd suggest he had the choice over Semigel. Divine Beast looks tired at the moment. Scan Dolo's got a bit of – Bit of gate speed. It was a good win. Um, it was a good win. It was an okay win with Andrew Castle on last start. Um, came out of the same race as Alcina, who's about the same price mm -hmm. in the race. I think it's got the tactical speed to probably um, follow across horses outside of him and Delago to Hero, Warm and Fuzzy, uh, Little Punga from 15 and land sort of uh, just forward of midfield. Yeah, I think especially seeing as Pete's son Luke owns a big chunk of this one and Tommy Wolf. good luck to the lads on Scandolo. Um, for me, it just looks like it deserves to be your favourite in this race. And I don't know how I've got my market to what I have, but I've got it 370. So I, I don't know how I've got it that short. That now, in retrospect, looks looks a little <laughs> bit thin, to be honest with you. But look, we're, we're talking eight bucks across the board. So, yeah, um, yeah. look, if in doubt, Peter Fernie, William Pike in a, uh, in, a, in, yeah. a, in a regional championship. I think, I think they ran second last year with Absolute. What about Moses beat Absolute and maybe Megadon? Previous there? year, did Mr. Janelle win it? Uh, yes. Yeah. And the previous year, uh, uh, Lindsay Smith's horse 
not Lindsay Smith's horse. Um, uh, Want to be good ran second, well backed. It was beaten by a Fernie runner with Pike on board. Right. I, I I couldn't find the history of the race, but I would have loved to have seen it because I reckon he's been dominant in it. So, um, yeah, my plan is to uh, back Scandola and save on your one significant hero, BJ. I'm going to. Which is a bit disappointing. I wanted, to, I, I, I wanted to go a little bit far. I'll, if it was 1,400 metres, I would have tipped Kaz Kazi each way, I reckon. So, um, yeah, I'm just surprised by the Scandolo price. I think it's um, – I don't think it's a, a world beater, but uh, it's got a lot of things in its favour in regards to jockey and uh, and hoop and a bit of tactical speed. Sure does. All right. Race seven, Japan Racing Association Trophy. This race is also known as the Tattersall's Cup. And the guru has a runner, number one, Dig Deep. Getting stretched out to the 2100 meters after uh, after running his heart out in the railway last Saturday, but number four Midnight Blue is the current even money favourite on the back of a pretty decisive Ascot Gold Cup. Midnight Blue is on the march towards the Perth Cup, having run third in the event last year. He seems like an even better horse this time around. But gate ten, he's going to get back, mm. and he might give. There might be some horses up on top of the speed who might fancy uh, their chances. Have you seen where the twenty one hundred meter jumps from as well? It's mm. awkward, isn't it? Yeah. What do you got? A hundred meters, if that, to the yeah. turn. Like you've got no time to get to that first bend. So for for midnight blue and, and dig deep in ten and eleven, it's probably not the most um, ideal draw. And, and the funny thing is, it's not the worst race to be drawn wide in because if you look at the speed map in this race, you've got. Um, you're obvious. Um, you're obvious. You think Juice and Carrots will be kicked up and try to lead as best it can. Taxigano, they'll be more aggressive on here. I've got no doubt. Uh, Maricino will roll forward. It had to go wild to get to the breeze outside Mr. Delegator last time, and they'll, they'll all just amble up there. Maricino is probably not impossible to even cross. Yeah, and, um, I don't know. I don't know if Juice and Carrots if they like him leading. Do they? They I, don't. I'm pretty sure that they want him to breeze um, on Twitter. I follow her on Twitter. I think she doesn't like when he draws barrier one. He doesn't like horses inside. Doesn't like being inside of the horse. He doesn't so, like being inside of the horse. So I would imagine that they'll be pretty aggressive not – if they do get crossed to pop out to the breeze yeah. or something. Yeah. So I'm pretty – don't quote me on that, but I'm, no, I'm pretty I'm, sure. I'm pretty sure that because I've looked, yep. I looked through his form and he's always, he's always like outside leader, Jason Carrot. Yeah, so. and um, man, I think he got away with it. There's no sectionals for the York uh, Cup, but I think he got away with it pretty soft in front. But Roman Flirt was going really, really well. And to hold him off, I'm going to give that run more credit than mm. I probably initially did because Roman Flirt tough, had the race shot to bits. He's a tough bastard, Juice and Carrots. Yeah. yeah. So, look, Juice and Carrots, but if Maricino can cross and find the fence, Juice and Carrots in the breeze, mm. um, yeah, Marit, especially with Sean McGrady going on. This this, this, this stat I'm going to give you sounds like a bit of a knock, but it's not meant to be a mm. knock. But uh, Maricino with Whiting is one from 18. Without Whiting, it's six from 10. Is that right? That is brilliant stuff. Yeah. So uh, that's obviously it sounds like a bit of a knock, but it's just it, it's quite it's, incredible. Well, Some horses and jockeys it, don't get along. It's a, they're just facts, aren't they? Yeah, they're facts yeah. exactly. Right. <laughs> they're just facts. So it's um yeah quite incredible that little number. So Maricino uh, to go forward after Bad Wolf, who's got the tactical speed to probably land in fourth, right? Mm -hmm. um, you've got Polton Lasands, Paddy Shadow, the Baron Temptation, Stafford's Lads, um, and the Midnight Blue Dig Deep. There's no next run of horses yeah. there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like Media Baron could land fifth or sixth if they want to type I mean, thing. Paddy but Shadow. You'd almost yeah. think, yeah, 100%. Yeah. Midnight Blue, 
do they just show a bit of aggression and try and land in fifth? Because there should be a big spot there. There should be gaps opened up. But in doing so, you get caught deep, and that's probably the way you lose the race. So it's very interesting. The horse has probably got the best tactical speed to land in that spot stick deep. Yeah. You know? So do you want to do that? Well, that's the thing. I'm not going to really weigh in. Um, I, I don't think personally dig deep will stay. Um, it's interesting, though. His last few runs have had a pattern where between the four and the two, he's been running like in the railway and the slower sectional. Um, and then from the two to the line, he's ran um, – the um, eighth or ninth quickest last two. So mm. you sort of come again. So the, the general feel is that he wants more ground, but wanting more ground just to me is another way of saying it's not going that well. But we'll, we'll find out. I, I like it. The thing is if we try and go forward, get caught deep, we don't find out if he stayed or not. So yep. I, I'm not as worried about trying to win this race as I am about learning something about the horse. So um, I think I, I'm happy with what they do either way. I'm, I'm, the same could be said for Midnight Blue, right? Perth Cup favourite if the market was mm. out right now. Are they gut buster? Are they just gonna be happy to ride him patiently and let him win if sort of win if you can, but don't bust a gut to do so with Towton Cups, ATA, whatever they want to do with him moving moving forward? Um, because the more points he picks up on his way to the Perth Cup as What's well. What's the Perth Cup usually a ninety five well, plus? See, last couple of years we've been blessed with um, good, like I think we're truly great. You know, who yep. made made the handicap last. Was truly great the rest last year. <laughs> he won, didn't he? Mm. <laughs> Which made the handicap, and it was a great race. Uh, however, the more points that Midnight Blue accumulates en route to the Perth Cup means that he could get into the Cup close to top weight. Do you know what I mean? So I'm just trying to work out who who go, who yeah. who heads in that direction. So I'm not saying that they don't want to win. However, do they want to roll forward from ten, put him in a spot, and run the risk of getting caught three wide, no cover, and then impact his preparation moving forward? It's a dilemma that they'll work out. But Peters, Team Williams, William Pike, they they're the they're the best for a reason. They can work. They can sort themselves out. But that is something that. Uh, crept into my mind last night. Yeah, what before. price were you in that though? Two twenty. Yeah, sales two forty. Uh, probably as long as I could have got him. I was just a bit worried about what they do from the gate and the fact that a horse like Paddy Shadow will get it nice and soft there and can improve big time. Looks very well suited. I'm expecting Tax Garner to improve as well, being ridden more aggressive. Yeah, I reckon Marachino is the one. Uh, but Marachino is the one, but I think the market's got that, though, yeah. which really annoyed me. I thought Marachino might be the one the market didn't get. and I could Because if he's going to get beaten, as I like to say, with a good horse that can make ground, it's usually not going to be out sprinted. Mm. It's usually a horse that steals it from the front. Yeah. So, yeah, Marachino is the one. I think Sean McGrady will come out trying to probably lead the race. But um, in saying that, you can – yeah, I, I was like, oh, God, Stafford's ladder <laughs> place <laughs> probably represents value at $4.50. I was like, oh, but then again, I think Media Baron for a place. Seven bucks probably represents value. And I'm Paddy like, Shadow oh, the place. Hang on, Paddy Shadow for the place. And I'm like, hang on, they don't all represent value. Yeah. So, um, yeah, get a feel for it on the day. I'm I'm really undecided what I want to do here, but uh, probably a good race to be an owner. All right, Guru, it is time to get stuck into the Group 1, Crown Perth, Winterbottom Stakes, Wait for Age, 1,200 metres, the jewel in the crown of our West Australian sprinting events. Elite Street going, trying to win back-to-back. Winterbottom still a 50 favourite. Stable, mate. Will Chino, the likely leader. She has been heavily supported leading into this short event. every time you look. And she is. And there's a host of other stars smattered in a full 16-horse field. We've got two emergencies too, triple missile and all-day session. So just a reminder to anyone that triple missile gets a start, no doubt he'll go around here and get scratched on that earlier race. But uh, let's get rolling on this one, Terry. I read your 
very uh, expansive preview on the Betfair hub for the winter bottom stakes. But we put a lot of work into that, mate. And uh, yeah, if anyone hasn't read it, make sure you check it Set out. Set aside an air or two. Yeah. Um, wouldn't expect anything less, mate. So, but it sounds like you're uh, pretty heavily leaning towards uh, Will Chino. Yeah, I, I started tipping Will Chino to a few people uh, probably a week and a half ago when I saw Mervyn scratched. Mm-hmm. Um, I, as I said, I'm the type of person that do maps for these type of races a little bit out, just so you can get cheeky little prices before the final field. So I sort of chipped Will Chino from sort of nines down to sort of stopped at six dollars. Um, but I managed to get a lot on going, obviously, over and over and over again, over a, over a couple of weeks. Um, yeah, I just came down to the fact that I really do believe this is this is a group one. But if this was the group three Roma Cup or whatever, we wouldn't you wouldn't blink. It's not much different. There's no Eastern status here. So we look at the fact that um, uh, Elite Street is the Colonel Reeves they're coming out of, right? Mm-hmm. And then we look at the seventy two plus. Do you reckon that Elite Street aside, right, take out Elite Street, do you reckon that that Colonel Reeves was a better race? Would you be Would you be a chance of tipping Secret Plan, tri- Triple Missile, and Will Channel in, in the Colonel Reeves? Yeah, for sure. 100%. Yep. So there's yep. Elite Street out. It's oh God, I think it's a really – I don't think there was anything between the Colonel Reeves and the 72 plus, which sounds obviously quite funny, but I just think a lot of those horses have had, all had their chances. So – for me, then that came down to it's still like I'm not knocking Elite Street. The way it's been winning, it's been winning super. It's got a little bit of tactical speed. It can close off. Um, weight doesn't bother it. it. It ticks all the boxes. Um, but it was just the price differential, which I was quite keen on. At but the you, time. Were, you, was were you ready on Elite Street? Yeah, I've got 12 bucks Elite Street. Okay, well, so yeah, you're able to. I'm, 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 I'm well set. Yeah. I'm in a good spot. Yeah. Um, so, but I, Will Chain is my better result. Comfort, okay. Comfortably my better result. I've had a, a lot of my Will Chain I got into Western Empire at the 210 while it was still there. So um, I've I've not missed this. Uh, it's probably the goal of the year, actually. Um, <laughs> to be honest with you. <laughs> Until Sunday. At least first of the okay, yeah. Until, <laughs> <laughs> until race four on Sunday. Wait till race four today at Northern, following our man Latham in. Um, <clears throat> but, um, so that's what it came down to. It, it's not so much that I'm... Will Chino is unbeatable. It just came down to the fact that I just thought that the seven, eight, seven, six, five, even the four forty. It, it's for a race that I think looks a pretty much a two horse race with how it's going to be run. Um, it was really the value with Will Chino that had me going that way, and I, I can't see why. I feel like she drops three and a half kilos and goes to an easier race to a degree. But then there's Elite Street. Mm-hmm. I'm fully aware that there's Elite Street. I'm not definitely don't want to knock Elite Street in the slightest, but. That's how I viewed it, which is such a funny way to view going to a weight for age group one from a 72 plus that you're going well, to an but, easier but, race. Yeah, but also you, the, the key takeaways from that uh, 72 plus victory was Will Chano carried 60 yeah. and ran 108, right? Nearly set, yeah. So, so she goes down. If she carried 56 and a half, she would have set the track record. One thing I will say, though, it, it was a bit of a dream for her. It was a about? highway. It was a good three. Yep, 100%. It was a bit, and also the Z-ball being in the race – she was able to slipstream Zebel mm-hmm. and never had to break stride, and that was it was it was set up for her to run time, right? Yeah. So uh, we the I still you, think she was holding. Like a lot of people say, "Oh, secret plan, triple missile were closing." I, I reckon she had secret plan for another hundred meters. I reckon she. St- I reckon that they weren't closing as hard as as not as like triple missile the previous star. She had to stop with the pressure applied from Zebel. Yeah. That that and as I wrote about probably in too much detail. 
that's the biggest thing I'm concerned about. I actually didn't like barrier one and I, I openly said I didn't really like barrier one because if, say, a Money Matters or an Indian Pacific Let's talk about that. Let's come out to pour it on, um, yeah, she will be susceptible and yeah. Elite Street will get past her later. The Elite Street gets bad luck. Um, I saw you tip for second, actually. Stage Man, mm. 100%, could be the one that goes past. It mm. needs the double, though. The pressure yeah. poured on Will Chino and then Elite Street to get bad luck. But Stage Man's capable of winning. Yeah. Why, why not? Yeah. You know? like, but you need those two things to go right and then for Stage Man for everything to go right for. So you He's that one of those horses that if the planets align for Stage Man, he could do anything on any given day, you know? So, yeah, he could do anything, yeah. but he's still, I still think Elite Street's a length better yeah, horse. Yeah, I, so, I agree. And Elite Street's going to have a field position room as well. What, what I went back and watched last year's Winterbottom because yep. we were chatting on WhatsApp about Will Chino and Gate 1 and what that means, and I thought it was a pretty simple sort of setup initially. And I went back and watched last year's Winterbottom. Craig Stable was on Condor Heroes, and they went bananas out in front. Um, who which, were the horses in that one though? That was Indian Pacific. Was, who were the uh, Indian Pacific? Yeah, yeah. Indo, Indian Pacific now taking a sit. Yeah, had to. Yeah, yeah just upset. couldn't, just couldn't go. Yeah. So, and there was an interesting quote from a Jay Rooney article about Money Matters being ridden more prominently in the than he was last start. Money Matters shared the lead in the race. Yeah, and, and had, he shouldn't have handed up. And handed they it up. He should have kept like so, moving so out. So, how can you be more prominent than that? So, does more prominent mean like leading, trying to lead? Do they want well, to try? And, do they want to try and cross Will Chino? Do they want to? What's what? What will uh, Team Ganjima, the Ganjimi brothers? I don't think that'll be, work. What, in, will, what will they be looking to do? I don't think that'll matters? work in Rock Magic's favour if they do that. I think Rock Magic would prefer a steadily run race, have field position on Elite Street, and get going before it. Does yeah. that, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's just another. Not fact. that I'm saying they're setting the race up for all. That wouldn't be what's occurring. But um, yeah, no. I, I think with Money Matters, I think the idea with Craig Stables will be to. Um, so we want the breeze. We want to hold yep. Indian Pacific out yep. in the cheap seats. So, yep. um, but yeah, that will mean that the create race a three wide line, well, it's which could suit. Which could at the end of the day, yeah. it should be run above benchmark. It should no, be run should, like a proper race. They should be honed. But if Money Matters, Craig Stables on Money Matters, who will trade over a hundred dollars Betfair, could determine that Will Chino can't win the race yes, if he goes if he goes wild. Um, as I said, Chris can be a defensive jockey at times. So Chris might say, oh, this is wild and let you go and then go to pop out. But by that stage, Indian Pacific Red Cam Man have come across, taken that spot, and he's got the back. And you've got to pick up and sprint. And uh, Will Chino, while he took cover last start, that wasn't really cover because, as you said, never had to break stride. Mm. So, yeah, 100%. That's that's my biggest concern. And I would, um, I'd um, i give up the one-cent deduction. Oh, I'm actually, I'm all in, aren't I, um, for Money Matters to be scratched. <laughs> I'd be pretty pretty content. Oh, oh, Money Matters doesn't always step 100% yeah. brilliantly. It, so. it was half slow away first up, but it yep. was quick away second up. Yep. So, yeah. So that's that's the watch as well, I guess. But uh, that's that was my big thing with yeah. Barrier 1. I, I would have preferred a, wider, a slightly yeah. wider gate. And so I, I, I think I, Barrier 1 was a negative. Yeah. So that was that was the reason why money uh, for, me, for me in my rankings, Will Chena slid to third. Mm -hmm. Just I was just worried, like, can she sustain, you know, that extreme heat? In um for the entire twelve hundred meters and exactly right and and also like you know we could talk ad nauseum about Elite Street ten is a just a great great gate for this horse it's going to be three wide cover maybe four wide but just kept out of trouble Brad Ruilla just has has got an unbelievable connection with this horse. All I'll say on that is it should be just be kept out of trouble no worries but you never know how a race can unfold yeah. you know for Barrier Ten and if 
a sit and sprint over a mile is a little bit different to a sit and sprint over 1,200 metres. I think we're almost just taking for granted how well Brad Willer has handled Elite Street. Yeah. The five yeah. times, four times. Four, he's, four, four times. Four he's been wins. In, yeah. Four times he's been in the saddle. He's just handled Elite Street perfectly. And there is always the possibility that you just end up underneath a horse and you go, bugger, I'm under. And next thing you know, you're underneath a horse by the time you get out and you sprint out. That's how um, it lost the Roma Cup. The Roma Cup, um, yeah. Elite Street. So, yeah. look, it's... I think we've just got to take, we can't take for granted that Elite Street will get out and rolling exactly at the right time, blah, blah, blah. Um, but yeah, 100% see what you're saying. And if if they chop at Will Chino and Elite Street's out in the clear, there's only one winner. Yeah. So it, it's, look, it's, uh, if you looked at the way I've analyzed the race, I've, I've marked them alongside each other because I think if Will Chino is not given it in front, but if it can roll and go quicker than they should and, and, it can just run the numbers that can just beat yeah. them. It just quick horses out in front just win races, you know. Yeah. They don't need any luck. They don't need things to go their way. This is the time they're going to run. If you're going to catch me, this is what you've got to do to beat me. And that's what I'm coming at with Will Chino. Maths. Maths, yeah, exactly <laughs> right. The first horse to lead all the way since um, – Buffering? Buffering is what I'm going for, but yeah. I might be wrong. Um, so stage man, the case for stage man. <laughs> Seven-year-old now. Hey, Doc. Seven-year-old. Hey, Doc. Seven-year-old now. That was yeah. I should know that. Randy. Buffering Magnificio. No, don't think she led. No. Buffering Baraki. Baraki led. So pretty sure. Uh, the last nine winners. One, two, three. Magnificio took a sit. I think. Yeah. Three, four. The last nine have led. There you go. Okay. I thought it would be less than that, but in saying that, they were reasonable horses. In saying that, wheelchair is reasonable. Horses. Good horses. Yep. Yeah. And the other thing before I before you on sorry is that. You've got to look at the fact that Mervyn's been the bunny. Oh, yeah. And that's a real big thing. I didn't really think about that till I was deeper into it. I was like, hang on, it's been chasing a, a race where Mervyn's going to stop. Mervyn, what price Mervyn going around to 72 plus, mm. 78 plus, going around 30, 40 to 1. So Mervyn's been stopping on him. And look at the fact Long Beach is at three deep, no cover, at set weights and penalties and run third. It's not great form. No. I see red was stiff as anything. Plutocracy was stiff as anything. How many horses were stiff as anything? It was, a, horses, it was, it was anything? a bunch finish, yeah. So, yeah. but again, had something in the shed. Elite Street had something in the shed. So, yeah, yeah, I think Brad was kidding yeah. to him, really. Look, um, I, I probably, if, if I was taking the 350 that it's going to probably jump, I, I wouldn't be as bullish. Yeah. It was more the fact that I had been. No, no. I, been, I, I messaged you about a week and a half ago and I told you, Will Chino, this, yeah. this price now. I get it. I get it. And I'm no knock on. I'd love to see Will Chino. I just want to make opinion. But uh, <laughs> the, it's just that that money matters is become a real interesting runner. A real interesting runner in the winter bottom. Case for stage, man. I actually think barrier 15 is a good draw for this horse <laughs> because CJP can, as you said in your preview, he can ride with freedom. He can find the – he can maybe even land on – Goes best for him too probably. Yeah, maybe even land on Leach Street's back if something if things fall into place. Like Either way, he's going to be sort of three or four wide. The thing with stage, man, which brings him undone is he's – he always tends to end up in between, inside, in trouble, traveling, but with nowhere to go. With at least with fifteen, he's going to be out rolling with a full head of steam. Oh, and, and, well, you know, well, we say yeah, that, preface. next thing you know, he comes back and looks and runs on the inside of him. Yeah. And, um, like I mean, he he's, last year it was Paddy Carberry who got held up the entirety. The previous year it was, it was Pikey, Pikey yeah. who got held up the entirety. So, yeah. Yeah. and and then the other runner we need to talk about is Graceful Girl, who's. Going to have to do it from last. She was incredible, bouncing back in the Reeves. But she was can, probably going to have to do it from last anyway. Yeah. So, I, yeah, she's just got no tactical speed. Uh, from I reckon she can win next year's railway still. Yeah. Okay. I, I think she's, yeah, I don't know. For some reason they pegged her. Maybe they knew how good the other one was, Western Empire. Who else do we want to cover here? Cup night? 
Uh, yeah, Cup Nights, exciting runner, but again, for it to win, it has needs bad luck because I don't think it's out sprinting elite straight at weight for age. I don't know if it's out sprinting star. Oh, it can out sprint stage mania on its day if they've got it. It's, it's how well they have them going. It, it's really interesting. Um, Rock Magic, I, I'd, I'd hope to see Rock Magic run into third place. Um, I think it's going really nicely. Um, maps to draw really nicely. Yeah. Look, yeah. If you're looking purely on the um, the Colonel Reeves, I see red, I see red. Was going to run third there, I reckon. At worst, only meets Elite Street two kilos yeah, worse off. It was very, nicely. Wasn't very well in under this. No, it wasn't well in there. So it actually meets a lot of these um, two and a half kilos. But like Long Beach meets two and a half better. So uh, I see red, I see red. Just purely on the the aesthetics of that. Um, like if Elite Street's two bucks, it's fifty to one. Like just just on the aesthetics of that particular run, you could make a little case for it. Um, yeah, th this is a year where everyone, most people are going to be tipping Elite Street. Some will be tipping Will Chino, um, but it, it's it's not. It's not completely out of the realms that, as you said, so Will Chano gets gets the pressure applied and doesn't doesn't have the kick in the end. And um, Elite Street, a sprinter that gets back can always find some bad luck. And Elite Street's probably, you know what, it's probably due to find some bad luck in a race. <laughs> I tell you what, though, but, like uh, and then and then you you get beaten by a, a, a stage man, a Rock Magic, a uh, Rock Magic. I, <laughs> I don't think Rock Magic can win. Um, Elite Street is a bit of a cage lion, though. Like so, which is and he's. I don't know whether Dan necessarily wanted to go to all those races on the way through, but that's just the way that it's panned out and, he, and he's thrived. But this this, this horse, it, even Brad Willis said in our chat that if you, if, you're, if you give him a little squeeze or ask him for half a length more early in the race, you can lose him. So it's very delicately poised as to the correct way you efficiently or economically use his weapons. You know what I mean? Yeah, okay. So if – but Brad's very, Brad's very connected with this horse and he just knows – what he can do and what he can't do. So it's very hard to look past Elite Street. But I have to just touch on my old, my old fave, Red Can Man. He was unreal in the Reeves um, for Peter Nucky, set outside leader, boxed on into fourth. He's going to be fitter, reunited with Sean McGruddy. Couldn't quite get him, jam him into the 1-1 one -one with, with no. confidence like I usually oh, do. Where is he going to be? Uh, Leading up a three-wide line? Possibly or, or – Do you have any Pacific Braves? Who do I have? Because Money Matters is probably the horse that's costing him the 1-1, one -one, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, I do have Red Cat Man 1-1 one -one in my map here. Yeah, is that your hopeful map? It's, it's just my, this is my prayers Where map. I want it to be in that, yeah. <laughs> I'll just put it where mani manifesting it. But, uh, yeah, correct. But, um, yeah, we're sort of – there was a there was a couple of horses there that were a bit sticky. Money Matters being one, Indian Pacific the other. So, but yeah, look, the the only thing that I'd say about Red Cam Man is I would expect a natural improvement. His best his best form puts him right in the, in the finish. He's a bloody good horse. It's just whether how much that first up run took out of him, considering the preparation he had leading up to that, and um, and then uh, for me, if if it was. 21 days between runs, I'd be really confident of a top three finish. So I'm just a little bit wary about Red Cam Man. Uh, just just um, coming back from Melbourne, no trial, ran his heart out in the Reeves, whether he can either elevate off that or whether he comes back off that. So mm -hmm. that was my only thing that I want to touch on with Red Cam Man. But, I'm um, yeah, I just find it impossible to look past Elite Street. I just think he's just just got a length or two on all our sprinters here. And for, my, for mine, the way he's going – Another win in the winter bottom. I think Dan can take him back to the East Coast in uh, 2022 with a lot more confidence, with a lot more mature horse, and I reckon look out in some of those big group ones in the autumn. Yep. No, bang on. Um, great race. Very exciting race. And, um, yeah, no, I'm looking forward to it. Didn't know. 
What else to say there? Wheelchair. <laughs> well, I'm, uh, yeah, I've clearly locked myself in the wheelchair camp now, but um, that is that is price orientated as well. But I, yeah, just excited. I'm interested to see what time they run as well. I mean, yeah, yeah. Wheelchair can can. I tell you what, if she can, three and a half kilos, if she can, if she can rise so from midweek. This is incredible stuff. Well, if, Murph, she, if she can Murph rise music, from music, what happened last year? Yeah, lost, could, a, lost a maiden in June or April, whenever it was. Yeah. Elite Street did to Mirth and Music, yeah. and then won a winter bottom six six months later. So Will Chino has gone. Remember Will Chino got beaten as a odds on pop down the straight. Pinjero uh, ATM seventy ones to six. <laughs> How's that? I don't think it's been beaten since Will Chino, and so oh, it's gone midway. ATM's gone down a few times. Yeah. Since. <laughs> ATM should be favourite ish. I think it's one of West Westby Platinum Rays that's gone. 66 plus, 72 plus, 72 plus, and now it's second favourite for the winter bottom. This is incredible rapid rise to uh, to fame for Will Chino and Dan Morton and the camp and uh, pretty significant that uh, the Ascot stable of uh, Danny Morton, Morton Racing of the two faves in the group one winter bottom. Mm. Whoever had the 1,000 each way and um, had touch advertised it a while ago, the 50 to 1, good luck to them as well. I hope it's one of the owners. I'm sure it is one of the yeah, owners. Yeah, I think it is, yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's hard to – yeah, good work. First of all, getting approved for that bet. And second of all, um, you'd be happy now. If you want, you could just chop it out and have it going for free. If, if, they're an owner, if they're an owner, though, they'll probably like ah, <laughs> dig yeah. their, dig yeah. their heels. <laughs> yeah, that looks ugly, doesn't it? All right. All right. Okay. Um, race number nine. More importantly, known as a get-out stakes. Yes. T-E-A-K-S. Proudly brought to us by who, BJ? Market City Meats, of oh. course. Largest retail butcher shop in Perth, located at the Canningvale Markets on Bannister Road. Uh, make sure that you uh, drop in and catch up with Timmy Hewitt. Him and his team run the show out at Market City Meats. Uh, plenty to look forward to, especially with their Christmas menu about to be unleashed. So make sure you get out there and support our sponsors, Market City Meets, Timmy Hewitt and the team. Uh, yeah, all our Top Gun winners, I think have all picked up their collect from Timmy uh, out of Market City Meets, very happy campers. Uh, he's had plenty of visitors from our recent Get Out Stakes um, victors, including last week's episode 103 winner, Andy Briggs. That's his second Get out stakes triumph. So well done, Andy. And he pipped poor old Joe Kelly. <laughs> oh, That's it. Mate, unreal. Joe, yeah, uh, I think Andy should. Um, Cook you a meal. Yeah, give you a three or three stake. Throw your bones. Throw your bones. Laugh or roller, getting beaten after finding it in the get out stakes. Anyway, Andy, two Laugh good mate. Laugh roller has been a really good horse to me in the last few uh, months. <laughs> That's complete and utter sarcasm, by the way. So uh, actually, I think. And he's won a mastermind somewhere along the journey as well. So the get out the uh, the one one has been very good to Mr. Andy Briggs. That is for sure and certain. Don't forget this week to enter this week's get out stakes race nine at Ascot Winner Bottom Stakes Day. Hit us up at the one one pod on Twitter. Let us know who you think will win race nine. Decimal winning margin, two decimal places preferred. And remember the Sam White rule, Guru. Uh, first in, last in gets Harry Thomas. Okay, very good. I ran into Sam White and the boys. Is yeah, that Luke Knight? That was semi. Uh, yeah, I think I, I think they were. Was he the first one in the conversation? Uh, yes, yeah, yes. So. He was best dressed too. Yeah, Sammy he was White. Best dressed. I uh, ran into him at the finish line as treasured star made oh. uh, made mincemeat of him in the guineas. So that was that was quite comfortable viewing, Guru. Yeah, so, um, but uh, but the boys were uh, having a tremendous day out there at headquarters. So, yeah, get yeah. our stakes, get around it, Guru. All right, BJ, race number nine. 
Good race to analyse. I like this to finish the day. We're talking five bucks the field, basically. Oh, good race. Um, well, it is. Let's let's have a bit of a a, a bit of a wag of the chins here. Um, so Beret and Apple Schnapps are both led last start and won by panels. Yeah. One super. You'd suspect Beret won't be able to lead this. Yep. Um, you'd suspect Apple Schnapps might be able to lead this, but I'm I'm intrigued. Intrigued to your speed map, BJ. Have they put a few questions I'm going to pose you to answer in your Speed map for me is have they put Lactar on MTA to just say, bugger it, it's time to change things up here and just jump and bloody run with 52 and a half? What? Have they? I'm going to pose them all. Oh, answer them all. Okay. Apple Schnapps, they've gone back to Jared Noski. I think that's probably got something to do with the fact he's riding Rock Magic 2 in the previous race. A bit of a team thing there. They obviously won't change tact. Can it cross and find the fence? Harry Thomas, it can be a quick horse. It just sits in behind them, probably, I'd suggest. They're trying to find form with Harry, but I presume that'll be the plan. Beret, while they probably ride it aggressively, do they just look for a spot midfield here and say, we're not leading this? And then what does Holly Watson do on Laurentinio? Go. Ooh, all right. MTA has to lead. Has to? Has to. Because a lot of its best racing was parking on him. Oh. We're in second in the Guineas leading. It did. Sorry, I was watching yep. the dance. It parked on it, yep. wasn't it? Yep. I think if you're going for Lacta with a claim when you're already on the minimum, you're – it feels to me like they'll be pretty keen to lead. Okay. Um, yep. So I don't think he can win if he doesn't lead. Laurentino. Mm-hmm. Utilise the lightweight. Yep. You, you, Laurentino knows no other way, has to come across. If Lactar is second-guessing himself at the MTA, then Holly's going to cross him and she's going to find the front. Well, hang on. Where, where's Apple Snaps? Uh, I don't I, I don't know. With, I think that, that might have been a bit of a – It led its previous start as well. Yeah, least. outside leader. But – yeah, I, I don't think there was these type of horses in the race. I think they'll push forward, don't get me wrong. I've got Apple Snaps in the 1-1. One, one. So I've got Apple Snaps coming out, un- following Laurentino across underneath it and then allowing Laurentino to, to punch the breeze and to get, get, the, get the trail. Uh, and then it was a couple – there was a few sort of uh, horses vying for the leaders back. Um, wouldn't be surprised to see – Chris Parnham kick up with Bruce Almighty, try to hold a spot as well. Harry Thomas. Harry Thomas is going to be there. Uh, and I, to answer your question about Beret, I think that was a bit le- led by default the other day and they'll be looking to tuck in, especially with the with the tempo and the pressure that's going to be uh, applied in this, uh, what are we, 40-under-meter contest. So I, I think Beret can can land midfield with some cover and be dangerous from there. Hmm. I wanted you to put Laurentinio in the 1-1. Ah, following uh, following Apple Schnapps. Mm, yeah, okay, mm, okay. That's what I thought might occur. I think Noski might go in with a real tenacity to, okay. to lead. I think Apple Schnapps might even find the fence because people they don't all think like us. So MTA might be content in a hot in a hotly run race to um to hand up and follow Apple Schnapps potentially. You might yeah. it's been in too slowly run races. So um, and then if that occurs, Laurentino might end up in the breeze unless they really kick up with Harry Thomas and there's a spot there. But um I, I I think Laurentino has run some really nice races with cover in the past if that does eventuate. But the most likely place I agree for Laurentino is in the breeze, either outside of Apple Schnapps or outside of MTA. It's, it's interesting though. The Gang Jimmy's said our first start for this day were Apple Schnapps straight to the front mm-hmm. with Cash. I think he, it was Cash. I think he surprised him a little bit. Yeah, Cash, right? Uh, it has never really been ridden in that fashion previously, Apple Schnapps. And Beret leads different. Set up, I think uh, Big Butterbone missed the kick. Ginger Flyer was a bit hesitant to cross, landed in front, control. It's interesting. Do do they does Apple Schnapps maintain those tactics? Hundred percent, you would. You yeah. win by you win by five. You just but Beret Beret is the opposite. It was sort of it's a sort of horse that doesn't 
that was just, it feels like a bit of a one-off, you know? hundred percent, yeah. like when Snippy misled that yeah. day. I think Clint Johnston, Porter and Adam are pretty smart. They look at the map and they say, we're not quick enough to yeah. lead this. We're gonna, it's gonna be silly, but we are quick enough to follow the speed horses drawn outside of us, mm. Apple and Laurentino across and land in fifth or sixth and get a head start on, I mean, the two horses that should be suited by the hot tempo coming at them late should be Bogart and Beret. Mm. So let's get a little a head start on Bogart might be the thought process. So, um, yeah, intriguing race. Our Apple Snaps, I think, is a risk. I'm going to take on Apple Snaps. It goes down one and a half kilos and goes so far up in grade. Its win was huge, big data win as well, but um, you've got to have a query on the fact that the Breeze and Leaders Back Horses stopped dead on the rest of them. And, oh, the Classic Rogue was the run of that race behind it. And Classic Rogue, you know, it's a, it's going well, this campaign. Classic yeah, Rogue. yeah. But, but it's just, just a loss. You know, it's just a bad loss. Yeah. So Apple Snaps up to 72 plus grade, going to take on, first of all. Um, second of all, uh, Platinum Bullet at six dollars fifty. Uh, that's just for me as a take on. I'm going to take it on. Uh, MTA. I love the use of the claim. You're if ridden, as you said. Um, I just don't think it's going as well. I'm, the jury's got to be out for me. So that's not as big a take on. But I'm not going to be on MTA. Um, I'm, I'm look. I'm. I think the winner might, might come from Beret or Bogar sitting off him, coming at them late and getting over the top of him. But I don't want to be on either of those two horses at sort of four to six bucks. Mm-hmm. They're just two horses that have sort of had their wins. I know Bogart goes well fresh, had the two trials. They were both okay. Um, Beret just had its an overdue victory. Do you now want to jump on after it's had that win and won't be leading in, in, in the same manner? So I'm going to I'm gonna back in the horse. I think it's got the best form in this race from the awkward gate in Laurentinio. Um, I think if Holly can come across and either get to the breeze softly enough or ideally MTA kicks up, Apple Schnapps goes to the breeze. And um, she lands in just behind. If she lands in just behind a hot tempo in the one-one, I reckon it's over. Mm. I genuinely reckon it's over. I reckon Laurentino is absolutely low flying. If you look at the runners uh, that's been at home, first start it was Comfort Me after doing a lot of work for Bo to get to the front. First up fourteen hundred, and then second up um, Comfort Me again. Right? Second up it's Comfort Me Pro Consent, uh, Pro Consent and Bad Wolf, who's run second in the Gold Cup. Um, when actually found a little bit of bad luck mm. in behind Midnight Blue, probably finishes a half length closer as well. So really, really good form references, carries weight, the the wide gate, it can, it's got the tactical speed to work into it. Um, you are a chance with Laurentino of your money being dead, being caught three deep, no cover here. There is definitely that opportunity with how the map can eventuate. But um, yeah, I'm going to back Holly in to either find the breeze or find, I would love the 1-1. I would love to think that Apple Schnapps and MTA go wild and, and she can slot in just behind them. Um, because I think that there's chinks in the will to win in Beret and Bogart who'll be coming at them late. So Laurentino each way uh, to finish the day for me. I think it's ready to win and I'd probably be declaring it from a gate. From the from the gate we do have, we're going to need a bit of luck. Okay. I've tipped Beret in the leg up. Just thought she's got some tremendous form this preparation around some some decent, more than decent horses, got us chosen, real charisma, got her overdue win the other day, like the guru said. I'll also be having something on Laurentino as well. I think they're there. They're the two for me in the get out stakes. What was your what was your market? My market? It was pretty the, long actually. Was I was uh I was five dollars beret, five dollars Laurentino. Were you really? Yeah. You were five dollars yeah. Laurentino? Yep. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Looking at the current markets, I see. I was I was four thirty Laurentino, four four ninety Beret with a note that I've gone too short. I knew I was too yeah. short Laurentino. Yeah. So, um, yeah, really, really interesting. I'm interested what the market will do later. I thought Laurentino might be easy, and we might not have to rush him coming off big numbers for Apple Schnapps and MTA being so suited down in the weights. But yeah, this is a market late, which is really hard to sort of predict. So, um, yeah, the eight bucks Laurentino might be just about half the go. I don't know. Patience, I think, is still there. 
All right, let's take a break. We'll come back with our best bets, our lays, and our maddies for Winterbottom Stakes Day. All right, it is time for our Betfair Best betting propositions of Winterbottom Stakes Day. Over to you, Guru. Okay, uh, the price is um, gone, so I'm hoping it rebounds. Um, race number four, no white flag, leads from start to finish and wins by distance. Go to way? Go to way. Go to way. Uh, my, I made, I think I made secret plan, my best in uh, the leg up. Prices uh, sort of dipped below what I was looking for. Therefore, the one that has held up that I reckon I might even be able to get a bit more juice in on the day is Elite Street. He's my best, Betfair best betting proposition of the day. J-Dub. I like it. I could have, could have looked at Will Chano to make it interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I no, will uh, we'll enjoy that enough. Uh, lay of the day. No favourites were massive lays for me. Mm. Um, from the wide gate, I, I know it's going well, but Deus from Barrier 12, I, I can't see. It's, it just looks a very sticky steer for William Pike. He may be forced to go forward. And I guess the way he probably wins is um, uh, William Pike wins that race. He is if no white flag completely misses it, he can find the top almost. But we'll lay that horse at $4.80. Race four, um, taking on my best, Deus. That's always a good way to go about it, isn't it? Double whammy. Yeah, double whammy. Exactly right. Uh, I'm taking on... A, a leader in the first at Ascot. It's probably not a great idea, but let's do it anyway. Sock off uh, 480. Uh, just with this wonder about how strong this that filly is going to be at the end of the thousand against that company. So I'm looking take for the on. 930 at yeah. Narrow, you reckon? Potentially, yeah. Mm. Or the straight thousand at Pinjarra. Yeah. 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 Uh, Maddie, 20 bucks or more. What do you got? Well, I think we could have, we could be jumping on the. Why don't we do it together? We've got two. We, we got two well, I like. I think Paddy Shadow and Stafford's Slater are both mad in the uh, in the JRA. Yeah, I think when you look at the fact uh, Chris Parnham's jumped off Temptation to ride Stafford's Slater for yeah. the same stable, and one's ten, one's twenty three. That tells you they're the wrong wrong way around. Wrong way around. I I, I do think Midnight Blue will win the race. But yeah. Look, Paddy Shadow, Stafford's Slater. I've got them both about 13, 14 bucks. They're sort of in the low twenties. So. Yeah, I don't know if I'll have anything on myself. Double so, mad. Um, crazy, double mad, crazy. yeah, double mad. Bonkers. Just in a race where the favourite's drawn a bit sticky, you can find some value. And um, one that's not 20 bucks at the moment, may not get to it, but as I said, Divine Shadow, race number two. Run us a cheeky little race. All right, that brings our Winterbottom Stakes Day preview to a close. Yes, it certainly does. Uh, thank you to Brad Willer for coming on and giving us his time earlier. I look forward to listening to that one later um, after we pick up the big fella uh, from his yeah, surgery. I hope Spotty's okay. Yeah, no, so, he's having a little uh, just removing. Lo- I love sp- for Spotty. And I knew yeah. something was off this morning when he didn't greet me in his usual fashion. Yeah, so. you didn't get the usual, uh, yeah, the usual, um, just the humping, I guess. Affection. It's like, yeah, the usual affection. affection. That's the word I was after. <laughs> the usual affection, yeah. So, no, we'll um, we'll grab him later, and then I'll listen to uh, listen to that chat. I'm, I'm thoroughly looking forward to uh, thoroughly looking forward to that. And uh, make sure anyone that comes out there comes and says hello to us. I'm going to tag you on Winter Bottom Day for a bit. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, I'm looking forward to getting out there. Looking forward to watching the the matchup between Morton's pair in the Winter Bottom. It will be intriguing. There's opinions divided heavily, and it's this is one of the great times to be um, on WA Racing Twitter as well because you can see that there's real team Will Chain on real team Elite Straight, and um, the lines are sort of being divided. So. Um, I reckon the air will be taken out of the place if uh, if something else. Just stage to be honest, man, stage man. Yeah, oh, theory, man. Yeah. Stage man, good bloke or not? Yeah, no, I don't think Sage man will be a popular victor, but uh, it'd be a story nonetheless, though, wouldn't it? So, yeah. um, well, I don't, I, well, I don't think Peters have won a winter bottom since the early nineties or something like that. So, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. 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 Well, race that's alluded last year. They had uh, beloved star. 
Uh, I've got the name wrong. Yeah, uh, elusive. Elusive. Oh, yeah, I know the I know the horse. Yeah. So yeah, and it was yeah. They they've always just had horses that uh, I guess with their racing styles as well. It's very difficult to come uh, from enticing, enticing style. style. That's yeah. it. It's very difficult to come from to last and win the race. So yeah. it can but, um, get out there, come and say hello on Saturday, and until next week on the one one. Mm-hmm.